Coming up on part two of this two-part podcast, we've got a huge... I mean, it was supposed to be just like a kind of smallish segment, one hour, um, and then it turned into a two-and-a-half-hour discussion, so it kind of needed its own podcast episode. I wouldn't even call it a segment, to be honest, at this point. More just extended discussion, and uh, we went through and we graded... 57, I I counted back, 57 A-League players right now, all in this criteria of under 23 and have started at least five games a season. There are a few exceptions though. And we grade them in kind of different groups as to where we see their, I guess, ceiling right now. And also, I guess, you know, where we'd rank them in terms of are they ready to move overseas? Are they, you know, uh, are they still raw? Are they maybe just not good enough? Are they just going to be a standard A-League player and all this sort of stuff? So a fun kind of discussion, which we came up with yesterday, to be honest, earlier on yesterday morning, I'm recording this Tuesday morning. Uh, and I was kind of like, I'm, yeah, let's just do this and kind of rank all the players, maybe 57 and trying to rank 57 players in like, an hour, an hour and a half was probably a stretch. So this is two and a half hours. I've put in the timestamps. Um, we went club by club with the players. So if you only want to listen to how we graded your players, uh, your club's players, then by all means, just do that. Uh, I don't expect anyone to listen to the two and a half hours. But we had a few disagreements, which I think was really good. I think some of them, most players, I think, though we saw AI, which was good as well. But fun fun discussion honestly um so if you really want to see stuff like this going forward we're going to come up with some different ideas some abstract ideas for this kind of second part of the season um but by all means let us know if you want to see similar discussions like this similar debates rankings all this sort of shit um because i am i am all for it also i don't know why but in this particular these two parts you would have heard a little bit in part one just some f-bombs kind of flying around the place um i don't know why maybe because i was up about the discussion but yeah just a heads up if uh, if you don't like too many f-bombs in the podcast um yeah because for some weird reason me and jack in particular we're we're, we're just kind of real casual with it on uh, on this one but anyway anyway without further ado let's get into this because it's already a two and a half hour recording as it is our aussies young aussie rankings ranking grading the next wave of generation i haven't settled on a name for it maybe it'll be in the in the podcast title um but without further ado we'll be back with it right after this Okay, so we we literally came up, or I came, no, Jack inspired me to come up with this segment today, and as the day went on, I, it actually made more and more, more sense, because we've got about, what, like a week or so until the European transfer window, I guess, is closing, um, and we've got the A-League this year harboring probably the most minutes for kind of under 23 under 21s that we've probably seen in in quite a while uh maybe ever and it just feels right to kind of talk about well jack was talking we were talking off air and you were talking about kind of the the hotspot sort of destinations for australian young for young australian players and then i kind of took it further and thought what if we just kind of went through at this point in the season and looked at 
all the kind of under 23 guys across all the clubs um who yeah who who are who are actually playing and looked at you know where they would rank in terms of you know who's ready to move now to to overseas and we'll, we'll clarify in the moment kind of what we mean by that and who's maybe a year away from that who's maybe still a bit raw but has the potential to do it and then who's kind of not good enough or hasn't been good enough or isn't really in this sort of conversation because there are a few guys there too um and yeah then i was kind of before we came on i was researching and looking at it, i was like holy shit we got a lot of guys who are kind of in this under 23 bracket who have who have played this year and this could make a really interesting sort of discussion so now we're here um and yeah i've kind of called it you know grading the next wave of talent or you know Aussie exports draft or like I don't even know like there's there's a lot of this there's a lot of is like is he good or is he just young? <laughs> that's that's what you said off air. Uh, I don't know if it works, but uh, it it could work. Um, yeah, we haven't I haven't landed on a name for the segment, but yeah, basically I've gone through and kind of listed all the guys in the A League this year who have started at least five games this season and are 23 or younger. Uh, and these obviously all Australian players, but for the Phoenix, I've included uh, their Kiwi players, so we can grade them too. Um, there are some exceptions, so like a few twenty-four-year-olds who maybe have like you know uh, reached the game quota, or maybe a few guys um, who um, just yeah, might, maybe maybe are um, maybe haven't reached the game quota. Um, but I think would make a good kind of discussion uh, to talk about them um, as well. And yeah, so now we're here. So we're going to start then and we'll go through club by club. So each club, which is actually good, I think is a positive. The going through is each club does have at least a couple players in this bracket, in this conversation, which is important. I think, uh, yeah, if you don't have any, then it's kind of a little bit like you don't really have any sort of potential in your squad. Um, so yeah, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start then. Uh, so first one, to be honest, I think this is an easy one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna basically mention the player, then we're gonna go around to kind of roundtable thing and grade it from these are the four groups. Like I said, guys are ready to move overseas, guys who are a year away from that, guys who are still raw but have the potential to do it, and then guys who haven't been good enough aren't in the conversation. Now I have remembered, Jake, because we were talking about this. What what are we classifying as kind of like ready to move? In terms of overseas, because obviously it doesn't mean anywhere overseas. We're not saying like, you know, so-and-so is ready to move to the Indian Super League um, or, you know, some other like league which just isn't better than the A-League or isn't on par with the A-League. So what are we what are we kind of talking when we're when we're saying ready yeah. to move overseas? Yeah, because yeah, because like, yeah, like, like, like you could move overseas and move to the English eighth division. You know what I mean? That's not necessarily an upgrade on the A League. So I, I think you sort of find a, I'd say at least level. Is League One an upgrade? No, no, no. Let's not start this. Yeah, is <laughs> Bolton an upgrade? <laughs> well, no, no, because I wouldn't consider League One an upgrade, but I consider it more of a challenge than staying in the A League. If that makes sense, obviously adapting to a new. Oh, I like this. So game. maybe it's maybe it's uh, moving I to a bigger at least challenge level. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd say at least level to where the A-League is at. Obviously, that's, you know, debatable, you know, whether I personally think the A-League's above the Indian Super League, for example, but, um, yeah, it's a debate for no, I don't day. think you're alone on that yeah, one, mate. I'd I reckon say, that's, yeah. 
Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, they've, they've picked up some good players. But yeah, I, 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 I reckon it's going to at least be level with the A-League ultimately. Yeah, I think, I think we're talking about like Japan, Korea in terms of Asia. Then we're talking about Scotland, obviously that pathway, Belgium, yeah. Holland, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone on this list we're saying is, you know, yeah, he's ready to move to a top five league. No, no, we're not going to go too far the other way either. So, yeah, we're kind of looking for that middle of the range sort of European league that we've kind of seen yeah. a lot of A-League players move to, uh, young ones. For me, yeah. for me, this question, and especially when it goes to overseas moves, um, I'll be looking at it in more perspective as have they exhausted their ceiling in the A-League? Do they have more improvement that can be done? Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think that's how I've kind of uh, approached this too. Yeah, or you know, is it just like they're as good as they're going to get here in Australia? They need the exposure and they need that, like Jake said, that challenge overseas in order to reach their ceiling. So is that? I think I think as we get into it, obviously we we'll probably have some disagreements and stuff. I think it's also like. I've kind of looked at it with some of these guys to go what's actually better for them a little bit too. So maybe for this player, it's actually better for him to stay another year before he goes or, you know, yeah. actually know what you're saying, Jack. No, he's he's proven it now. He can go. So, yeah, that that's where it's going to be interesting. I think, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think we might have a few disagreements here. Uh, and I think there will be a few that we just kind of, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, everyone agrees. So, all right, let's start off. Joe Ouchie. All right, uh, Adelaide United to begin with. I've got him as ready to move, um, Jake. Yep, exact same there. I think he's ready for the move right now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Jack. I got one more year, and I'm going to explain this. Jesus oh, Christ. We're getting controversial oh. on the first one. All right. First one. I bet, and I knew, as soon as I saw it at the top of the list, I knew it was going to be controversial. All right? I think goalkeepers are a special case. Fair. And, and, yeah. and a goalkeeper has a lot more time than, you know, any other outfield player. And for me, Joe Gauchi, whilst he has talents, and obviously he's captain Australia now, he's, he's in at the Asian Cup as we speak, right? Um, you know, applying his trade there. I still think that there is a year's worth of growth in him in the A-League before he reaches the point where he has to move in order to get better. And for me, it's to do with, um, like, his sort of commandment of the box. I think that his sort of, you know, read of certain set pieces can be improved. And that's the thing I think that's the biggest point of improvement that he can make. And I think that he's more likely to get minutes and to improve that aspect of his game here in Australia. And, and that's why I'm saying one more year. Of course, okay. Joe Gauchi's going to move on, and he's going to move on in a big way. You can see the talent. You can see what he's capable of from just watching even a substrater of his matches ever since, you know, he, he took the reins from dealing of, you know, a couple of seasons ago. But one more year, when you're a goalkeeper, you have time. Think about the move that Tom Glover's just made, all right? There's still plenty of time for goalkeepers to grow in the A-League up until the age of 23, 24, and then go to Europe and make their mark and and compete at that level. Tom Glover, even though he's at Spurs in the academy, came back three, four seasons at Melbourne City, right? Number one spot, improved his skills, made it into the national team, all right? There was a point, which was obviously last season, where he could not grow anymore. And I think we could all agree that Tom Glover, if he stayed an extra season, wasn't getting any better in the league, and he's gone over to Middlesbrough to compete for a spot. 
in a championship team that's looking to get promoted if they can, you know, get their act together. So, you know, you, you've got that aspect, and that's the sort of lens I'm viewing Gojo Gauchi through as well. Okay. Uh, first of all, this is first player of 57. Um, so, yeah, we will go through some of these quickly. Um, but hopefully the ones we agree on, we'll just get, we'll just get through it. Um, but with Joe, I'd say this. I think what I, from what I understand, you know, he his mindset probably a year ago, a year ago, his mindset was probably I need another year to before I think about that. But we're kind of here now. Um, and we're seeing a guy. I understand your point around keepers. My only my only thing would be, I think he plays older than what he is. Uh, if if that kind of makes any sense, like I actually think the more I think about it, I don't know. I've been this Ryan Kiddo thing that I've had, uh, and and my gripes with him and his him being captain of Adelaide United because he just doesn't perform like it. But the main thing is, I think Gauchi could have actually been named Adelaide United's captain this season. I don't think it would have been like a big issue. I think he would have stepped into the role, for example. So I think from that perspective, in terms of being a leader, I think he's kind of ready. Um, now, where exactly and stuff, we're not going to talk about that. But um, yeah, uh, I think I think there is weight, of course, to the keeper argument because, you know, keepers don't have to be, you don't have to be 23 uh, to move overseas, right? You could be 26. So, you know, I could have I could have put like Tom Hewitt-Bell in this list, for example, like, you know, uh, and it would have been, would have made sense still. So, I think Danny yeah. Vukovic, like his best years in Europe were, you know, 30s. Sorry, so, I thought for a second you were talking about Danny Vukovic right now, and I was like, wait, hang on, what? <laughs> no, 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 no not right old. now. But I mean, I mean, a few years ago, his best years were spent, yeah. you know, in, in his 30s, over in early Europe. 30s, so, yeah, yeah, and, and that's the peak of a keeper. So, that's yeah. the lens I've viewed through, but I completely agree. I think he's a mature young man, and I think he's. Think yeah, maturity and mentally, he's he's ready. But I still think that there, if the option is sit on the bench for a season or play week in week out, Adelaide United, if I would just take the Adelaide United and just improve those aspects of his game. Yeah. All right. Alex Popovich is next. I've got now. This is an interesting one because right now we've got reports about Alex Popovich potentially going to Korea, so that makes things interesting. Um, in spite of that, I've got him in the one year away group. Um, and the reason I've got him in there is because uh, I think I would like to see him have like a full season, no injuries, playing as the anchor of Adelaide United's back line. Um, and yeah, I think having heard a lot about Alex, that his mentality is very strong and he could be ready, you know, even earlier than expected because he's very strong-willed and, and all that sort of stuff. But I think centre-back's a very important position. And I would like to see him have that kind of, free reign without any injuries, any issues uh, to play. And we've seen him recently been really good, but uh, that was my only gripe there. And that's why I've got him in the one year away. Jack, what about you? Yeah, I had the exact same as you. I, I almost yeah. disagree with his rumored team, Guangzhou, in terms of, I probably would have given him another year sort of as a solid starter in the team. Obviously this year it's been, well, he's had it this year, but obviously the season before he was in and out. Um, so I, I think, yeah, a season or two consistently starting at center back would have been good for him, but maybe he's ready. Who knows? Yeah, Jack? Yeah, I agree. You yeah. covered all the bases. Yeah, okay. So it's unanimous there. Awesome. Uh, okay, this is our first exception. I've put Musa Torre in this list. The reason why... Now, Musa Torre hasn't started a game, obviously, this year. So it's kind of a little bit defeats the uh, category that I had there. But he's obviously under 23. And mainly the reason I put him in here is because he does have overseas interest, as we know, with, with Hibs. So, uh, and, and Monty, who seems to be very keen on him. So... 
I've put him in this list. I've put him though in the raw section. Um, and I think I think we know Musatore. We've seen in his sub appearances this year that he's definitely got something there. But um, this is a 19 year old guy who's already had a significant injury now, uh, where he's been out for a while. I think it'd be way too early to, you know, pencil him in for a European move as if he's ready. Uh, Jake. Yeah, exact same. I have him that sort of raw category. Shows a lot of potential. Looks really, really good. But yeah, I, I don't know if I'd have him moving overseas. But I have seen it, for example, rumored where he might go, but get loaned back, for example, Adelaide. I think that'd be a really, really good solution. Yeah, but, there's that yeah, too. I, I think, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think he should stay in the A-League for at least a couple more seasons to develop. Yeah. Yeah. Jack? Yep. Again, raw. Why? Too raw. I, I don't necessarily think you reject the offer, but he's not getting game time at Hibs for at least a year. So if you're going to accept the offer, try and get a loan deal out of it. Yeah, yeah. All right, Johnny Yell's next. This is an interesting one. Um, I think Johnny is like a perfect candidate for the one-year-away section um, because, like, and maybe some people would say he's still raw, but I would say his natural ability, and we've already seen Carl Viet say, like, oh, you know, at the start of the season and, you know, by the end of the year, he'll be a soccer and stuff like that. I think that was a little bit far-fetched um, and it hasn't really worked out that way yet. Actually, and you could, you could kind of blame Carl Viet for that a little bit because, you know, maybe we would have liked to see a little bit more of Johnny Yell than what we've seen. But um, I don't think, well, I don't think he's raw or anything. I think, like, his talent is is legit. Like, it's serious. Anyone can see it, right? We, we were just talking about Socceroos before and we're saying how, like, we lack a little bit of creativity in that kind of, like, number eight slash ten sort of type play. I mean, Johnny Yell kind of ticks that box when you watch him play, right? Um, So, and I just think we've already, and also with Johnny, we got to remember, this is a guy who did trial at Chelsea when he was 15, I want to say. Um, it might have been 16. And, you know, I just think he's, if he keeps playing regularly, and he's able to add some end product, I think, in this time next year, I think we'd be talking about, yeah. Well, I saw reports ahead of this season that Chelsea were trying to snap him up again, like to, to pencil him down. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, um, and yeah. I think his talent, I'm going leaning towards a more raw category. Like, okay. And he's not, he's not cemented raw. Like, It's not like he's just played five games. and You're like, like he's in that in-between kind of raw yeah. one year away, yeah. I feel like by the end of the season, I'll be leaning towards the one year away when I see more of what he can do. Um, and, you know, you know, Antonis will surely, you know, come at me for this. But I, I just think that um, his game... Antonis probably been, say that he should be starting for Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Antonis say you'd be starting for any team in Europe. Um, but for, for me, it's just... He's, for me, I just don't think he's played enough minutes for me to go, yeah, one year, give it one more and go. I'm sort of just like sort of year, 18 yeah. months to two years is the window I'm looking for him to move, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Luka Ivanovic is next. I've got Luka. Mm, I put... See, Luka, you could say again, probably similar to Johnny. I You could definitely put him more in the raw category. I get that. I put him one year away because I think what we've seen of him in brief glimpses is a really clinical striker and a really good presser and all these sorts of attributes that I think a lot of teams overseas are kind of looking for from their nines. And I just think there's a scenario where if, you know, let's say Ibisuki, maybe next... I know he's been playing great at the moment, but let's say next season, maybe 
you know, they run out more of that two-striker lineup like we've seen. But Jovanovic is kind of playing more as his strike partner and plays off him well. And he's actually adding some assists to his game and this sort of thing. Maybe European club could talk themselves into taking a flyer on the young Australian striker. Like, I could see that. I could see that scenario. So I'd put him in the one-year away category, but I could definitely accept arguments for the uh, for the raw category, uh, Jake. Yeah, I, I personally probably have him leaning. I sort of have him between the two, like sort of like yeah. Neil, but I probably have him closer to raw for now. I think, oh, yeah, I want to just see it for a consistent season. You know, I think that's something... I'm very adamant on, you know, I want these players to be played a whole season or even two before they make the move instead of, you know, a couple of sub appearances here and there. So yeah, I, I I think once he establishes that role, it might take two seasons, might only take one, who knows, it depends, but clearly very talented though. So he easily mm. could, yeah, make it a year. Jack? Uh, I concur with Jake. I think it also depends where he moves. I think that like you said, only one year away. If he gets a full season and goes to Asia, somewhere like the J1 or, or Korean League, I think that that's the move he makes after next season, if he does make a move. Well, but it's interesting because to- if if this Popovich thing works out and, and he goes to Korea, like, yeah, Adelaide have kind of got their 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 nose i guess in the in the korean asian market in terms of negotiation so who knows if yeah clubs and if popfish does well then maybe clubs kind of come back and you know go all right well what other young players have they got for example so yeah i think um Ivanovic, like his next two years are very crucial even more crucial than johnny yule because johnny yule's talent shines through mm-hmm. every day and i just make the comparison and that's why i'm going he's still a little bit raw but like, you know, full season under his belt, you know, my mind can change in a blink, right? With Yanovanovic, I still haven't quite worked out where I'd play him completely. All right? I don't know enough about him. And he's played a, he's played some substantial minutes, but not enough for, for me just looking outside looking in to go, all right, where's his, is he going to be successful in this country or that country? I feel like if he moves anywhere in the next 12 to 18 months, it should be to Asia and it should be to a decent J1 or K1 outfit, all right? And beyond that, beyond that, once he physically develops a bit more, you know, Scotland could be an option, even an English club. So so it, but Jovanovic is more of a, you know, if he stays in the A-League two years, Europe's an option. If he stays in the A-Leagues for one year, Asia's probably a better choice if he gets the option. Hmm. All right. Okay. On the Brisbane now. Macklin Freak. Now, Macklin Freak's 25. So he's another exception here. Um, because this is kind of like his breakout season a little bit. And also, kind of, he is a goalkeeper. So, to kind of what Jack said before about Joe Gauchi, I think he's kind of like, he's 25, but he's kind of really like 22 if he was an outfielder. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of just going to include him. Now, I might surprise you here. But I, I've actually got him as ready. Now, I know that... Yeah, I know Jack likes him. But my my main thing was this. I think, first of all, his age. So I think, you know, that kind of has to be taken into account. He's a little bit older. So, you know, um, you don't want him kind of like... I think when a... It's like with some of the 23-year-olds, for example, on this list. Like, you've only got so much more growth to go, right? So um, at some point... You kind of got to maybe move elsewhere and kind of and kind of maximize yourself in a different environment. Um, but the main thing was seeing him under Ross. 
earlier this season and playing as that kind of third center back. And it was kind of like, holy shit, like Macklin Freak can actually play as a really good ball playing goalkeeper. And like, we know this, like every club in Europe wants this now, right? So if Macklin Freak is able to transfer that overseas, or if any club is able to think that talk themselves into, yeah, like, yeah, this guy, this guy's can, can play that role and he's a good shot stopper. We'll take a pun on him. So I, I put him in that section. Um, I don't know. Jack, Jack was, Jack was, ferociously agreeing with me as I was talking. So are you are you on board? Oh, 100% on board. And um, there's, and I'm glad that Macklin Freak and Joe Gauchi are so close together because you can obviously say from the talent, for me, as an out-and-out goalkeeper, Joe Gauchi's better and, and probably has a higher ceiling than Macklin Freak. But um, one thing I like about Macklin Freak is, first off, his shot-stopping ability. He's one of the best in the league in shot save. Like he's he's honestly, you know, sometimes plays like his last name. Like he's a freak sometimes. And I think that his, you know, likelihood of making mistakes with the ball at his feet is low. And and those are the two options that make him perfect for an overseas move. So I think he's ready to go. I think he should um try and get a move away from Brisbane. Um, you know, ASAP. Probably not this window, it's probably a bit too late in the window. Um, for for that to happen, but but next off season, I would certainly be pushing the issue with Brisbane, saying that look, if an offer comes through, send it to me, and I'll tell you what I want to do, sort of deal. And I know he made a blunder <laughs> in the unite round against the Jets. Jack, Jack but, perfectly articulating how A League negotiations play out. <laughs> I mean, that's how it works, right? I'm not. I'm not. That that that's how it works in our league, which is also very bizarre. But <laughs> like, right, let's go an agent. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just think, yeah, Macklin Freak needs to go overseas and he just needs to try. I, I just want to see him play at a higher level in the A-Leagues because I don't think he has any room to grow in this league anymore. I think he's beyond it. I think he's... he's Jesus, you're like, you are all in after one season. You are all in. I'm telling you, I just like, I got got this feeling about him, right? <laughs> Is this just because he's in your fantasy team? No, it's not. But I've also been like flying that flag so proudly, and then he fucking missed the ball against the Jets, and then everyone came at me and Quinn saying, "Oi, where's your fantasy pick now, you?" <laughs> uh, Jake. Uh, I thought I was a big Macklin Freak fan, but apparently there's way bigger Macklin Freak fans here. What the hell's going on? Like, okay, look, I I, I thought we are the Macklin Freaks. Season- we are the Macklin Freak <laughs> fan club. Well, we're on Freak Island. Come and join us. <laughs> but I, 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 I thought in previous seasons he was not necessarily the worst goalkeeper in the league, but I thought he was probably down there whenever he got a chance. I didn't think he'd look good. We've seen a huge resurrection this season, by the way. He's been yeah showing his ability on the ball, being a good shot stopper too. But I, I wouldn't even probably put him in the top five goalkeepers in the league. Like, uh, like he's personally, top two. I, I don't really see him. Statistically. Are you serious? Two. He, okay, so let's. So, uh, I've so actually so got some stats here. I've got some Thomas, stats here. Alex Pulse, look at shot Joe save. Gauchy, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at shot save. All right, so Macklin Freak. Jake, to be fair, to be fair, Macklin Freak is averaging 4.3 saves per game right now, right, which is actually really high. No, 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 no. 
He's been great this season, but again, it's been like half a season. You know what I mean? And and this is in a team that cops a lot of shots in Brisbane Raw. In they don't really play defense; yeah, but, uh, they just play free for all. But take the shots at him. And look, he's really good. I really really like Joe, um Macklin Freak, but I personally have him in that sort of category he's, where it's he's passing accuracy is at eighty seven percent right he's, now. Eighty seven percent. He's really good. I know, but just relax, relax, guys. I'm just I'm just throwing some stats out there. That's all. Just just from kind of what no, I'm saying. I know you said. Uh, I mean, Jake's right. You- I mean, Jake. To be fair, he's only kept two clean sheets this year. Um, now that's, I mean, it's hard to pin that all on one keeper, of course. But look, Jack, Jack might be different. My thing was more the distribution side and kind of seeing that element evolve, and then kind of just going, "Holy shit!" Like, I, I, I did not. That, that's probably like in terms of a player exhibiting a certain trait going into the season. Like, did anyone on their bingo card have? Yeah, Macklin Freak's going to be a ball playing goalkeeper. Like, no. Like you know, so that was unreal. Anyway, Jack, do you want to do you want to conclude the freak discussions? I just like you sort of went, or oh, maybe top five. I'm like, no way. That's give him some credit. Like he's easily top five. He's in my like my top two. I was saying right here, right now. Like again, you did say like he hasn't been good in recent seasons, right? And we've seen it, but honestly, his performance these seasons have kept Brisbane Roy in games where they ought not to be in games. Like, ought not to be in games. Like, if you're talking about... We are talking about Paulson, like, about a month ago on this podcast. And I was sitting here going, yeah, but... Gatchy and Freak are clear. Wait, and he was saying... Jake's Jake Jake Jake, Jake just not there. Than Alex Paulson. I'm sorry. I, I'm about to lose my head. I'm about to lose my no, head. No, I'm dead set saying it. Right now, he's a better player. Jeez. Macklin Freak, by the way, if you are listening, I- I'm not a hater. I think you're a great goalkeeper, mate. But like, I I don't think he needs to be in this conversation right now. Like, like I think this is a little <laughs> bit too much, too early. Give him a full season because Brisbane. I'm telling you right now, they're too shambolic to really be like, okay, you know, like I feel like he's going to get a lot of games where he's going to get peppered. So I mean, Jack, we'll have to say, yeah, we'll have to Jack's say. got Jack's got as much Macklin Freak stock as I have Angel Torres stock. Like, it's just like. You just keep buying. You just like you're actually gonna get broke at this point. He's the owner of of his stocks. He has them all. Like this is unbelievable. I'm not offloading any either. So you guys can you know screw off. Stop sticking around my books. All right. Uh, Okay. I think this next one will have less debate. Louis Zabala. I've got him in the. uh, I've got him in the in the in the dregs. The uh, (laughs) yeah, haven't been good enough. Aren't in the conversation. Uh, Get good, basically. Louis yeah. Zabala. I'd like him next time, Louis. Yeah, pretty much. I've got him in there. Is this unanimous or are we going to have disagreements? I, I I could potentially make a slight argument as as I'd say he's definitely not a left back. Let's just say that. As a left back, he's definitely number four. He has been, he um, has been yeah, like fucked around yeah, a little I, bit I, positionally. I, th- yeah. I think in another role, you know, he used to play more as a midfielder, I believe, like centrally. Even as a right back, I thought at times he's looked decent. But yeah, he's, he's probably one of the lower players on this list. Let's just say that. Yeah. Jack? Nah, I'm with you on this one. I'm not going to argue any points. <laughs> okay, next one. Next <laughs> one's a guy. So Kai Truen is next. I mean, similar in the sense that, like, he just kind gets kind of keeps getting kind of dicked around with his position. And I would put him. Where did I put Kai? Where did I put Kai? Yeah, I yeah I put him in the same group, which I like. Probably sounds. Yeah, like Jake's like some people disagree with that, but I just think it's like this was a guy who kind of broke out under Warren Moon, if I'm not mistaken. And I just think we kind of expected more from him at this point of his career. 
and it just feels like it's fizzling out a little bit. Um, and like it is a positional thing, but I don't know. Like, I'm. Do you ever watch Kai Truen and just think like, oh wow, like you know, it's unbelievable defender or anything like that? Like, we'll get to like Jacob Fowler later, but like Jacob Fowler, for example, when you watch him, is like this guy's like elite one on one, for example, or like you know, I don't know. It's just it's just a lot of meh with Kai Truen, you know, and that that's kind of why I put him in that list. But I'll say this: that could definitely change. Like, I'm not I'm not going to give up on Kai Truen. Let me put it that way. Jake, you, you you were a little bit bemused. Yeah, yeah. I, I okay. If you ask me this last season when he was playing as a defensive yeah. midfielder, I'd argue ready for moves now. I thought he was that good as a defensive midfielder. Ooh. I thought he was brilliant. Um, nice. I think as a ball winning player, great. His passing is fantastic. I thought he perfectly suited that defensive mid role. However, this season he's not been playing there. He's he's played at a left back. He's been playing as a centre back. Mm. I I I don't know if he's as good there personally. So I I'd say based on this season, I can understand more where you're coming from. I'd probably go more of the uh, one more year, give him one more year in terms of uh, hopefully, uh, you know, in a position where it suits him. Like mm. I think defensive mid is his position personally, but uh, yeah. But I, I, guess <laughs> I mean, I look, I mean, the Brisbane players we have to put under a cloud of like, you know, yeah, it, they're, 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 it's, just, it's just a constant yeah. chaos fucking mess. So it's just like, you know, how can anyone settle in that team? But um yeah, the, the- uh, and I'll also make a final point in in the I think Kai, people think Kai Truon's maybe a little bit older than he is because he's been around for quite a while. He's played yeah, like true. four full seasons. He's only 21, 22. He's actually he's twenty two. He's young. twenty two. He's actually yeah, twenty two. Holy years shit! Old, he's so born three days before me. Yeah, there you go. he's played three, four full seasons of A League football. Like I think people forget how young he is. So I think yeah. he's definitely got time to become a really good player. Okay, Jack. Um, I think that the longer we debate where he should be playing. The, the more meh he gets. I, I think, think it's a good point. Yeah. He's actually been, I think his biggest disadvantage is actually his versatility. The fact that he hasn't been able to get settled in any one position to me is his, his biggest, you know, I would suppose, like, you know, fact that it's, you could say it's the biggest red, red flag. Like, that's the yeah. thing about, yeah. You could, you it, could, for some of these guys, you make an argument where it's like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, but the coach isn't using him here or something like that. But sometimes the cream rises to the top. You know what I mean? Like, so if, if if you're Kyle Truen and you're good enough, like maybe you find home at left back and you're actually really good there, like you know. So that 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 would be my kind of counter to that, Jack. You were saying so. Yeah, I just think that you know I think he needs a coach that um, doesn't look at him as a great score player and a great asset for the team, but more as an individual. And then we'll get to see what he's all about. But until that happens, like for me, it's just. He, he's nowhere near ready to move overseas. He still has a fair bit of ceiling to go within this league. Yeah. Okay. Taris Gamulka's next. This, this is hard. This is hard because, uh, yeah, I know, like, Taris I really like as a player. And when Ross put him in for a few games at the start of the season and he was playing with Coletti and O'Shea in that midfield three, and you can't, okay. This is Taris's moment. Now he's actually got potentially a pathway to getting better, but it just—he's just another one where it's just not happening for him, you know. Um, and maybe it's his unstable situations, the same sort of thing. But I had to put him in the same group. Uh, I, I couldn't—I couldn't put him in like the one year away. And I don't know about you guys, but like the the kind of the guys who are raw. Like when I think of a raw player, I think of a guy under twenty. You know what I mean? Like I don't. If you're like 22, 23, I don't, I wouldn't describe you as raw. If you know what I mean, like I think you've kind of, 
you're in that latter stage of your development. So, you know, uh, before you enter your prime. So, like, yeah, I don't, I had to put Taris in the in the dregs, um, but I don't, I don't feel great about it. I'll be honest. He's yeah, likable. I'd probably have him somewhere similar. Like, I, I again, he's very similar to Kai Truen. He had that, um, you know, defensive mid role alongside Kai Truen last season, locked in. However, this season, yeah, it's been sort of him and Kaledi battling for us. So, if you ask me, last season, I'd say maybe one more year. Yeah. At yeah. this point, yeah, it's it is looking a little bit more worrying. You know, he's sort of, you know, you know, exiting his uh, early twenties now, and it's like, okay, come on, you've got to, yeah, really cement a role at an A League team. So, yeah, I really like him though. I think he, I think he can turn around, but. Yeah, big ifs. Yeah, Jack? No, I'm, I'm the same with you guys. I think that he's got time on his hand, which is good. But mm. uh, for now, he certainly has a long way to go here in Australia before he decides or even thinks about moving overseas. Yeah. Okay, Henry Hawes next. Now, again, Henry Hawes 24. He's not 23 or under. But I just feel like when we think of Henry Hall, we think that he's a young player. <clears throat> that makes any sense. And I think also... Well, he, he, he broke out late. It makes sense. Yeah, he broke out late. And he started six games this year. He started really well. I put him in the one year away, um, which is kind of maybe a little bit of a weird one because, you know, like he'd be 25 at that point. Like, you know, you'd kind of hope that he's good enough at that point. Otherwise, yeah, like if you're a European club, why would you sign a 25-year-old from the A-League? But I don't know. I think I think he's got a lot of raw talent. And I think also that in the right system on the right manager, you could really, and if he's playing regularly, you could actually get some serious output from this guy. Like we saw that game that he had against Sydney earlier on the season where he scored a brace that killed Sydney on the Ross. Like he was superb in that game. And in the Australia Cup, he looked really good too. I think he's got like European, like overseas level talent that that can be untapped. So I put him in there, but I'm happy to listen to counter arguments, Jack. I, I, well, firstly, I'll give him a bit of credit as he's been injured. That's the only reason why he's not playing at the moment. I think he'd be an immediate starter yeah. if he was actually sure. fit. So, sure. so that, but yeah, I don't know. I love Henry Hall. I think he's such a baller. Like, but I, I, I look at him the same way I look at like a, um, a Max Burgess type of player, if that makes any sense. Mm. In, I feel like he can become a really good A League player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he, yeah, he, he suits the Australian football type of uh, football, if that makes any sense. I mean, we're not, um, that, I that's he, the other thing about this conversation. We're not saying that it's like, it's an issue if you, if you, if you don't like, you know, move overseas, obviously like there, there will be heaps of these guys who go on and just become solid A-League players, obviously, you know, your, your Max Burgess, yeah. Josh Berlantes, you know, like, 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 like we've seen um, and maybe become a little bit recycled whilst they're at it. But, you know, like there's no problem with that. So yeah, you were saying. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I, I, I think he technically has enough talent to move overseas. However, I just can't picture it. You know, he's a, you know, in his mid twenties now as a winger. Like, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably into that point where, you're like, okay, you know, you'll probably stick around the A League for a while, be, you know, maybe a top 10, 15 winger in the league, consistently put up some good statistics. Yeah, you know, just to become a really, really solid player. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd probably put him in that, um, have you know, not good enough. Well, not not good enough categories. In like, I just can't see him move. If that makes any sense, I think yeah. he'll stay around. Yeah, Jack. I'm sort of the same. Wow, I just think that Henry Hall, you know, has come late. I, I don't see an overseas club taking a pun on him. And that's yeah. that's just unfortunate because I think he's got a really good level of talent. I think that he's usable. In fact, you know, if he keeps going on his trajectory after he finishes up with his rehab of his injuries and he can get a solid two seasons under his belt, he could be utilised by the Socceroos. But I'll go as far to say that. 
But I just don't think any overseas club is taking a big punt on, on a guy who's he's come through a bit late. And that sucks, but, you know, that's that's just sort of how it is. But I, I think that if Brisbane Raw keep a hold of Henry Hall long term, that is an excellent strategy to build a team around a guy yeah. like him. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Um, you, you could say, like, he's one of these guys. There's a few guys on this list who's kind of like a victim of, you know, I guess how fucked up our pathways are because, you know, like in a normal pathway, maybe he breaks out like when he's 21, 22 and isn't discovered late. And then, yeah, like he's getting exposure to professional football a little earlier and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, um, okay. Tom, Tom Waddingham's next. Uh, he's the final player from Brisbane. I mean, I think he's just a prime candidate for the raw, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, ironic, <laughs> uh, raw. Um, but for for that category there, um, Jake, can you actually you talk about waiting for a little bit because you you yep. seem we were talking about this the other day and you're like perplexed that he's still starting games. Yeah, look, I I'm again very very big on Tom Waddingham. You know, a lot of the the work I did preseason was essentially hyping him up. I was like, wow, this guy's really good. And <laughs> yeah, you you were like his PR his PR guy. I basically was, but uh, you know, you've got to be honest sometimes, you know, even if they're young players, you'd be like, okay, look, you know, he's got a lot of talent and I can definitely see him becoming a really, really, really good player, but it's probably not working out for him right now. He just hasn't really adapted to play week in, week out at the A-League level. He looked amazing in the Australia Cup against, you know, grown, grown men, but yeah, maybe just that sort of week in, week out pressure for starting for Brisbane Raw. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit hard. And yeah, I I think Jonas Markovsky is, you know, scored in his two past games right now. That's, I think he should absolutely be starting over him at the moment. Give Waddingham some sort of sub appearances, get his confidence up a little bit, and yeah, I, th- I think so. So, so get the Queenslander out there and put the Victorian in there. Yeah, maybe, may- maybe that's just it's just all a grand ploy to uh, <laughs> big up my my fellow Victorians. Who knows? You you will never know of me, I guess. But yeah, I mean, Waddingham, everything. Yeah, or, or Waddingham, Waddingham. Um, like he's just a classic candidate with the is like I see it with that late United players. For example, because you know I'm, I'm watching them most weeks, uh, if, particularly if I'm at Highmarsh, and with these young guys who they'll give you two, three games that'll be like blow your mind, like holy shit, like this guy's potential is out of this world. But then what we're seeing right now, they'll go through ten game stretches where it's like, what's going on? Like you know he's just not doing anything, he's not offering anything. So yeah, I mean we're not Jake, we're not giving up on the Holland comparisons, though, are we? Or I'm still sticking on them. I, I've not sold my <laughs> stocks yet, but yeah, it, it is a thing where, you know what? Let's give him some time. Let's give him some air to breathe in and he'll come good. Don't worry. Yeah. Jack, what about you? Um, yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of a younger player. I don't know if I, another player, I don't know if I should do that because we will get to Newcastle, but he sort of reminds me of Archie Goodwin and he sort of burst onto the same. You know, I think that there's talent there, but you have to be careful. Like I can see they're wanting him the way he plays. I can say I wanting him getting injured. And I just think just that, a quick quick caveat. Archie Goodwin didn't make this list because he actually have to start some games. So yeah, I, yeah, I know. I know he didn't make this list. I saw the list. All right, I did that much homework. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's for me, it's sort of a raw, like at least one and a half full seasons, if not two, before you yeah. truly know what he's capable of. So yeah. um, he burst into the seam really well, but I, and I'm excited for him to see what he comes with next but uh for now it's uh definitely you gotta watch and watch closely yeah okay 
Mariners next. We've got a few players here, obviously. No surprise. We've actually got seven players here from the Mariners. I've made a few exceptions because, yeah, they're the Mariners. We love them. Um, and, well, well, I do. Um, and, yeah, we got to talk about some of their players. Um, I've put Dan Hall in this list. Now, he's an exception. He's 24. He's a regular starter, though, this season. Um, and I don't know. I think, like, he's been really good this year. Uh, um you know, him and Kaltak are, are, are forming a really nice partnership. I did, i got to say, Jake made a really good point about Henry Hall, which is now making me reconsider where I put Dan Hall because I had him in the same section, but I actually might put him more in the... I don't know where I'd put him. We don't have a, we don't have a group where I want to put Dan Hall, I think. I think it's a weird one. I, th- I think he's in... Maybe we should create another group whilst we're here, like the... The, oh, the Hall of Hall. Or just like really guys who would just A-League turn players. out, yeah, just turn out to be like A League players, <laughs> just be yeah. solid A League players. Because I think Dan Hall probably is one of those, um, maybe as well. Um, you, Jake, we we're talking. Oh wait, you were telling me that you think Dan Hall's got upside as a defensive midfielder, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look, look. I, I think he's been better recently as a centre back. I, I think that's. I've been a bit critical in the past in terms of maybe his rashness as a centre back. I think sometimes yeah. he just looks a bit. I think he's gotten better with that. That's why I was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, well, I, I'd argue, yeah, if you give him consistent minutes, you know, week in week out for a season or two, you know, he probably eliminates some of those mistakes out of his game. He is still relatively young. He's another one there, kind of broke out a little bit later, sort of in his early twenties. That's when he really started getting games instead of as a teenager. So. He's probably yeah, sort of getting his development a little bit later than some other players. But yeah, I, I probably see him being a really solid A-League defender, you know, like a you know, like I said with Henry Hall, like a top 15 centre-back, you know what I mean? And that's a very solid career at the end of the day. And you need those players. You need those players. Um, And yeah, who knows? Maybe he takes a step up and, I don't know, makes a move. But yeah, I, I probably see him in that sort of solid A-League player category. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We've made a new category on the fly. I, I think, I think it's necessary. Solid A League player. We have to. It, it, has, it does. It does the. It doesn't. The, the the four categories don't fit for these certain special cases. And and Dan Hall and Henry Hall are special cases here. So yeah, okay. Um, Jack, Dan Hall. Agree. I agree. They're in thank, agreement. Thank you. Thank you for your agreement. We've got a consensus. Um, okay, we're, we're surely all going to agree on this. If, if if neither of you don't agree on this, I'm actually questioning your like your like football knowledge, your ball knowledge. Jacob Farrell, it's so fucking obvious. He's so ready now. If 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 you don't if you don't see it, like I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't know what you're watching. Just book the just, flights. Get, get him to Europe. Just get him to get Europe him in the right Premier now. League. So it's just fucking- yeah, get get him to, get him to Dortmund. So then, when he so he's ready for when Nesta gets there as well, and let's just let's just see it happen. Yeah, no, let's just let it let him cook. Just let him get. Let like, him, put let him, him cook. On a plan like, cook. I've seen he's enough. At, I've seen uh, enough in a good way. I've seen enough at, in a good at, way. No, I, I'd thing, argue uh, with Jacob Farrell. It, it, it's it's let him not cook, as in let other people not cook. He's a defender. You know, he lets people <laughs> like he lets Nesta not cook, and you need yeah, those players. Let him no. Let him let him let him um let him force others to not cook. Let him um, let him stop turn, others turn cooking. Let, let him turn off the stove. Like they just, like yeah. That, let know? him turn yeah. off the stove. Let him turn off the stove. Okay. <laughs> no, no, neither of you would disagree with this, right? No, no. no. I, I just want to say something yeah. about Jacob Farrell. Is that I think, and, and this is a real thing. He's very unfashionable but effective. Like I just like hundred percent. And his and his like posture and the way he dribbles the ball is like, bro. Stop. Like I get it. 
you're fast, but like, can you just like keep? No, nope. okay, you just get beat him again. Oh, oh, sorry, can you keep close quarters? No, 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 you just beat him because you shouldered him in the chest. Okay, that's good, I guess. Um, fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> like, and and that might actually play into a negative side where European teams might go, oh, he doesn't have the gloss of Europe, and that's where I think he could just step into yeah. like as either Scottish Premiership, Championship, or J one team and just fucking shine and just like. Just absolutely like his passing is fantastic. Physically, he's ready. Like he's just like bounce. People bounce off him mentally. Like he's ready. Like you, you saw in that, you know, a little bit of kerfuffle in that uh, Melbourne City uh, Mariners game just last night. He wasn't. It, it didn't seem like Terry Antonis was trying to bait him into getting a stupid card. And yeah, he held his ground, but he wasn't baited. I, I actually wasn't, wasn't sure who was it. the 21-year-old and who was the guy who's been on five different A-League clubs. You know, exactly. I wasn't actually yeah. too sure. Yeah. And, and when it happened. look, honestly, he, he needs he needs to he needs to go. All right? He needs to go. Buy a sale of... <laughs> of so I, I wanna, Get I, him out of here. I, I, I'm, actually, I'm, actually, I'm actually to the point where I'm like, if I see Jacob Farrell after the January window still in the A-League, I'm going to get mad. Yeah, fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Good that we're in agreement. Okay, next one. Um I've got I've got Miguel De Pizio in this list because although he hasn't started five games obviously this season, we've had this report on the broadcast uh against Melbourne City that apparently he signed for AGF in Denmark, but then maybe he might be loaned back or something. So why don't we just kind of do this where we kind of just grade if he has moved to AGF, whether he's ready. Or, you know, from that perspective, I'd I'd say, I mean, he, you'd have to put him in the raw category, right? Like, we just haven't seen enough of Miguel De Pizio. I mean, we've seen, I watched him at the under-17 Asian Cup, um, and he was really good there, and you can see what he's got. But I haven't just, I just haven't seen enough of him at a, at a professional level um, in the A-League to really, to really give uh, a judgment of, yeah, he's ready for Europe. And... I think from the reporting was suggesting that maybe he was kind of like, I'm not really, I don't think I'm ready either. And I mean, that kind of gives you the answer there as well. So yeah, I had him in that raw category, Jack. What about you? Yeah, I, I think it's almost very eerie to uh, Jingreek in terms of he's on loan from the exact same club and he moved, you know, maybe a little bit too early. And now he's mm. back on loan at Central Coast after a season of essentially not being wasted, but yeah, like essentially he's just there and doesn't get any minutes. So yeah, I I, I I like sort of his mentality there in terms of, no, I want to be playing first team football as much as I can. I really like to see that. So yeah, I, I'd personally, yeah, definitely have him that raw category, but baller, absolute baller. Just, just quickly, when, now, like the Mariners have got their til- their, uh, their Tulio replacement now, uh, who's the Brazilian whose name is escaping me off the top of my head right Brilliant. now. Ronald like Barcelos. Barcelos. Uh, Barcelos, yeah. But now, fair play. I've got Western City Wanderers posts where it's like Brandon Borello up on my Facebook right now looking like a dark knight. I think I just had a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... Like obviously they've 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 acted to to get a replacement, fair enough. But for a second when Tilio was sold, I thought, oh, this might actually like pave a little bit of a way here for Depizio to get more minutes, maybe starting. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe it is going to turn out that he signs there and then he gets loaned back and we're still seeing Depizio in the A-League. But yeah, he is an exciting young player. I'd really like to see more of for sure. Um, Jack, in agreement? Yeah, yeah. All covered it. I think All covered guys, it. Sweet. All right. The nail on the head. Will Wilson. Let's try and move through this a little bit quicker. Will Wilson, um, who... 
has only started has only started four games this year, so I made a slight exception there. Uh, I put him in the raw category. Um, I think we've seen some good signs from him at victory, and even this season at times with the Mariners. But I think for him, and even for Mark Jackson a little bit too, you got to find out what is his best position. I think most of us think it is centrally as a ten, but yeah, uh, I think you're gonna have to see more games from him to really give a proper judgment there, Jake. Yeah, I, I probably have him leaning between the raw category and the not good enough category. And I'm not, I think he's really good. Whoa. Uh, again, he's one. You know, if, no, but okay. As in age is the factor here. I'm I actually, okay. Again, actually n- not the not good category. Cause I don't like that. I'm saying a league category, solid a league player. As in uh-huh. he is now, I think 21 or 22, um, which is you know obviously a little bit older than some of the other guys like Depizio. He's 18. So he doesn't have that same time to really develop in terms of you're a raw player, we'll give you some time. He doesn't really have that. He needs to figure it out pretty soon. So yeah, I I, I personally think I think he can be a really decent player. Maybe the, I think he has the potential to go that next level, but again, yeah, it's if things fall his way. Um, yeah, if he can sort of keep that spot. Jack. Um I'm going raw. I think that he's just not fleshed out enough for me to make any sort of major decision about him right now. Yeah. All right. Um, Max Ballard, ready, ready. I'm, I'm there. I'm there with Ballard, and and people, but you know, he he just not appreciated. Honestly, I don't think like that guy has formed this new partnership with Nisbet, and no problem. Like he's been great. Um, I think he's ready. Honestly, I think. Also, what him and Nisbet, when they're both playing deeper in the in the in the in the pivot in that Mariners system, and same under Monty, like what they actually have to do on and off the ball every game, like it's a lot. It is a lot that they have to do. Uh, the ground you have to cover, um, how important it is to the way they press as well, where they kind of split them. Uh, it's a little bit different to what other teams do when they press. Um, and I think he's excellent. Honestly, I, I'm there. I am there with him. Um, what about you, Jack? Yeah, I I probably would say one more season is in like this is an ideal world where essentially Nisbet moves this season or at least at the end of the season. Yeah, and then you give Ballard a season, at least for the Central Coast Mariners' sake. Not yeah, you don't want to sell both. Or, yeah, yeah. Where, where where he's not necessarily the star of the midfield, but he has a increased role, let's say, in creativity because I think he showed it against our uh, victory where he played that ball through to Jing Reese. I think he has that yeah. ability too because we've seen him. That, and that was because we saw that we saw that at United round, and that was kind of a moment for me where I went, "Oh, okay." Like he's got that in his locker a little bit too to be a bit yeah. more creative. So yeah, and and that's exactly why I I think yeah, let's say if Nisbet moves along, then he gets a solid season where he's you know the main. Not necessarily creator, but yeah, like one of the main midfielders mm. and yeah, gets a chance to really display himself because I think, so like, I think Jack made the point before in terms of, you know, can they get more development out of the A-League? I think he can. I think he's someone that, okay. you know, we see him as more of a defensive midfielder field now, but I think he could even move further forward. But yeah, I guess we'll see that. The Mariners, love like, the, you know, it's interesting how you say that about like, okay, what if Nisbet goes now, who we're about to talk to and talk about in a second, um, and then Ballard kind of, you know, becomes that lead midfielder. And then, really, you've got Harry Steele there, ready and waiting potentially to be that new pivot next to next to Ballard. And I know Steele hasn't maybe progressed, maybe at maybe the rate they would have liked potentially yet. But he still had some really good games. That that when we're talking about City earlier in the podcast, and we're talking about that three all at Amy, Steele came on at half time of that game, and he was excellent. Um, he's not, yeah, he's not in this list because he hasn't started enough games. But yeah, that's an interesting kind of succession plan that they might have in place there already. Um, 
Jack, what about Bella? Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to make a summation about a player we'll talk his partner in midfield as well. Um, let them both go and let them go, both go to fun clubs because they're such fun people. And I just want them to see them. They just have fun together. Let them go together. If you have to buy Nisbet, you have to buy Bella because they're so fun. I just love watching them play together. They should just, they, they they just both go and join Monty at Hibs. Like, what the hell? No, 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 well. no, bro. I'm talking like two Bundesliga, yeah. maybe even like the low end of the Bundesliga. Like, just get him, get him in there. All right. I, honestly, I, reckon okay. I, 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 I can't wait anymore. Can we just talk about Nisbet now? Yeah, let's fucking talk about him, all right? Ballard, he's going with Nisbet. They're they're package deal, all right? You can't you can't have one without the other. Okay, he's can I tell you? He'll be fucking cracked. He'd be fucking cracked. I swear to God, I'll stay up to early hours of the morning to see it because he's fucking awesome. <laughs> if you imagine if Nisbet and Ballard just go to St. Pauli with like Metcalf and Irvine, and it's just like we just got four Aussies midfielders, just a one club. Jesus, you have to almost call it Shane George. I don't know what formation they'd fucking... play, but they could <laughs> no, I don't know. No, 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 no. Obviously, not all four are starting. That'd be insane. But it's just like, just Aussies taking over San Pauli. But quick thing on Nisbet, just a funny anecdote. I've gone, I'm, I've gone on to like, you know, obviously go through all the players to make the list. And as soon as I saw Nisbet was 24, like I was like, no, fuck you. I'm making an exception. We are, we are having this guy in this list. Okay. This is happening because Josh Nisbet, like I, I'm out of superlatives. If if you don't if you don't think Josh Nisbet is a good footballer, and you watch the A League, stop watching my league. Okay, like just just stop because this guy is showing like this creative side to his game now. His ability to drive with the ball and attack opposing defenses is excellent. I I will never forget that performance he had against City earlier on the season at Amy Park. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Like he just was just fucking cooking as this ten. Nolo Kante, like he's just like that's the, that's a guy. He's like makes yeah, the but team he, tick. Yeah, he makes like, the team tick. He's just it's unbelievable, and he just makes him tick. Like you say, the assist yesterday as well for Torres, that clever run in behind. Like Jackson is actually like, and I don't know if Monty would have eventually done this with Nisbet potentially pushed him further forward, but Jackson is kind of unlocking this whole other side to him um, that we're seeing, and he's just been unbelievable. Like, I said, the only you'd, you'd think the only reason he hasn't moved yet is because of the height thing, and maybe that clubs are worried about him physically holding up, but I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, come on, man. Look at him technically. Look at how smart he is. Like, someone's got to take a punt on this guy. He's unreal. Uh, I think he's just fantastic. So... Yeah, end of, end of end of my praise. Uh, Jake, where are you? Yeah, I probably even the not good enough category. I'm joking. I, 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 That's I, it. Get, I, get, I, out, get I out. Get out. Get out. Get out. You're about get to out. be removed from the chat. <laughs> you're about to, no, you're about he, to be He sacked. has to be out of this list. Has to be the most ready. Like, simply enough. I don't yeah. care about Hyde. He's proving it week in, week out. Shut up about Hyde. This man is him. He's him. <laughs> He's unbelievable. What a player. Like, every week he blows me away. It's just, again... If he can add goals to his game, or at least add a couple goals, like like it's really like, you, you don't understand. Like it's like he it's getting to the point. There. It's getting to the point with like between him and Torres. It's like I I I'm like I have to watch the Mariners every week. What the hell? Like make sure I'm there. I'm not missing this. It, it's it's getting to that stage. Jack, what are you? I just said put him in the Bundesliga right now. I just put 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 him. Set, yeah, St. Pauli get promoted, all right? And then we've got, like, fucking half of the Socceroos in the Bundesliga. Honestly, <laughs> the Bundesliga, if he's targeting any country, if Josh Nisbet has an agent and his agent is doing work, he'll be going to every German club and saying, look at this pipe size little pit bull, all right? Well, what's with the Germany obsession? Like, what, you can't play? What, 
I don't know. Like, nowhere, nowhere else. Because or... I just feel like that's where he's appreciated. I feel like German football fans know how to appreciate a player and appreciate him properly. I just, uh, I don't know. They're just fun fans and they're fun players and they deserve to play somewhere that's fun. What if jo- what if Nisbet just like went to I'd like? I also say he, he yeah. suits the way they play in the transition style. I think he true, can actually really true. suit the German football really well. Like he that that's where he thrives in terms of yeah. Also, like, like there's another country where it's like he's short and he's techie. Could he just go to the second division in Spain? <laughs> Fuck that. He deserves Spain. first division football. Oh, Fuck no. that. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Nisbet should be playing at Real Madrid if he's playing in fucking Spain. <laughs> all right okay next one this one again another 24 year old but i feel like he should be on this list christian theoharis um is an interesting one i i I went there i I put one year away i think i think i think he's still got upside i I, i'm still on the theoharis i'm still on theoharis island i'm still i've still got some stock and i think like he scored yesterday and yeah, Jackson's kind of giving him a bit more trust, a bit more minutes, and I can kind of see him, you know, potentially playing himself into into a contract overseas if he increases his output. Because let's not forget, this is a guy who was overseas once before, and we know he's always had this potential in him, and we just wanted him to kind of land at the right spot. And I think, I think he is at the right spot now. Now I think it's like there's an opportunity there for him to grab. Um, so I've I've put him in the one year away. I, I could see it. Yeah, I I'd say it's probably backed up by the new contract extension for him too. It seems like mm. they're giving him like, okay, Tulio's gone. This is your chance now. Yeah, and I think if there's someone that's going to do it, it is Christian Theoharis. Um, yeah, again, the thing that probably is holding me back from being like, yep, definitely is the age. Unfortunately, you know, he's 24 for a winger. That's you know it's when you're trying to hit your peak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I but. I really like Christian Theoharis. I think I always like was so fascinated by, I think people categorize him as like this lazy winger. He is arguably one of the best defensive wingers in the league. He like, he's actually insane attack. Let me have a look. Right, let's, let's pull this up. Like, keep I'm talking, keep you, talking. Like, I'll, 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 like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll, like, tackles, stuff. especially like he loves his slide tackles. And I think it's like Alu Kual does it too. We're going to talk about next. There's something about like these Mariners and just being really, really good at slide tackling. It's unbelievable. But I really like Christian Theoharis. But yeah, it's just ultimately if he has a big year, yeah, he could. And it could sort of be like a Silvera thing. Comes back for a season, does really well, straight back off to Europe. It really could be like that. But yeah, we'll just, time will tell. So for score, Christian Theoharis. 0.5 interceptions per game, 1.7 tackles per game. That's interesting. That's a, 1.7 yeah, That's pretty high winger. for a winger. And then this one too, so, 2.4 balls recovered per game for a winger too isn't too bad. So, yeah, nah. All right. You might be onto something there. Uh, Theo Harris, as a hardworking winger, I never thought I'd see it, but he is that. <laughs> Jack Theo Harris, thoughts? I'm going leave at the end of the season, go to Asia. So the Ooh. bucking you guys going one more one more year. Mm. I know he just re-signed, so it's probably unlikely, but I think that Europe's a tough market and again, like physically he's not imposing, but he does get results and it's really? it, it's I reckon he is very imposing for his size. He is probably No, 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 no I mean I don't, I don't mean imposing as in like his effect on the ball. I mean like when you look at him you don't he do, he doesn't look like much. Like like just from the outer looking in. Really? If I look at a picture of Christian Theoharis, I'm not looking at uh like again like just physically 
and there's a lot of. Are you saying that Christian Theo Harris isn't jacked? What the hell? No, no, he's a big boy, man. He is jacked. If you let me finish, all right, Jesus Christ, these European clubs and a lot of them, except for Germany, because it's fun. Anyway, (laughs) they look at a lot of external factors that don't really pertain to their game, all right, and it's about like gloss and finesse and this sort of stuff. And Theo Harris isn't guy who will bleed through his shirt for a result and he will impose himself on his opposition in order to get that result and honestly given his age and given the sort of like if you're looking at the national team and I'm going to bring this up right now if you're looking at the national team scenario you've got wingers who are aging you've got Martin Boyle who's aging you've got a Craig Goodwin who is aging there is room to move in that squad if he goes to Asia to J1 or K1 and he's playing really well. And I don't mean like playing like like really well as in scoring 20 goals a season. I mean like five goals, six goals a season, plus, you know, a sprinkling of an assist, but that out-and-out like work rate. Like, honestly, I could see him getting picked by a soccer if he does that. I mm. honestly can see that. And so I you, think the so you've, got him, you've got him in the ready now category? I got him for the ready now, and he should go to Asia. But, sure. uh, that's what... Ooh. That's that's me. I think he's. Oh, I think he's I, ready. I think he's always. I thought been I was ready. too high on him. Jeez. Yeah. But no, I think he's always been ready. I just don't think he's never been at the spot that's given him the opportunity. And that's a just. I think, like honestly, that time at Borussia Mönchengladbach, and you can see it with another Australian, Jacob Italiano. Like they've never been just given the opportunity to just have mm. a go, and and see if they can prove themselves in that sort of scenario. So. You know, if Europe's saying that, well, well we're not going to give you an opportunity anyway, why don't you go to Asia? Why don't you go to J1? Why don't you go to K1? Why don't you go see if you can put yourself into an arena that is the best that is in that continent, play the best possible football in that continent, and then make your national team? Because we've seen players do it before, all right? You know, one of the Australia's heroes is Josh Kennedy. He played large chunk of his football in Japan. Mm. Interesting. So... That's that's my thing. I'm gonna leave at the end of the season, go to a J one club, top eight J one club, compete. Yeah. Jake? You easy <laughs> Yeah, I, I I just think it's a little bit too much too soon. As in he hasn't really been starting this season as well. Like he's only recently earned a consistent starting role. So I feel like it's a bit of a jump to go from barely starting in the A League to starting for a J one club, which even Mitch Duke, for example you know, hasn't been able to do. Like, that's a, like, J1's really high level, you know. So, I, I, I don't know if he's ready for that immediate jump, but he, I'll, baller, though. Christian Theos, baller. You can't deny that. All right. And he can do backflips really well. Yeah. Well, another guy who can do backflips really, really well is Ali Kowal, and he's the last Mariners player here. This is a really interesting one because, of course, we know about Ali Kowal's European experience. And I put him in the one year away. If you asked me, however, if you asked me this, like, at the start of the season, I would have been like, mm, raw slash, honestly, I'm not too sure anymore about his quality. But in recent weeks, he's showing real signs of actually like adapting to, I think, the players around him at the Mariners. And I think his hold-up play is something which has always been actually kind of underrated. And I think it's something that he's starting to use really well again. Um, I thought he was excellent yesterday against City. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy to put him in that one year away, but I could, I could again accept arguments otherwise for sure. Yeah, I, I'd yeah, um, have him a couple seasons. I'd, I'd give him a couple seasons as I like a lot of his game. 
I think work rate has been one of the things that's really impressed me with him in terms of, yeah, just the intangibles, you know, working hard for a team, holding up the ball. But the thing is just the goal conversion. I think he's been one of the most wasteful strikers in the league this season, which is unfortunate. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's simply giving him a couple seasons, consistently starting up top, even with some, you know, good competition he has at the moment too, which is really good for him. Um, and yeah, simply becoming maybe a little bit more clinical in front of goal, grabbing, you know, maybe 10 to 15 goals over the next, you know, two, whatever seasons. And yeah, maybe send him back over. It's obviously, I think people forget that Central Coast actually paid a fee for him uh, to bring him back to the club. Yeah. So I think they really see this as maybe a long-term thing. Yeah. Terms of giving him a couple seasons to get him to a really good level to where they actually make a profit from him. So mm. yeah, but- True. It's yeah, a good point. To say. That is a good point. Jack? I agree with Jake. And I also think that when he originally left for Stuttgart, he left way too early. Um, for sure. I, but and- I think that was proven by him coming back like, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, and I think you only have to look at his contributions to the the national team at a you know, um, what was it under twenty threes, under twenties level, you know, his contribution yeah. in terms of upfront productivity, um, the talents there, it just needs to be well le- um well rounded. I think you could, you know, I think Garang at the same age was much more like well rounded as a player when he left in comparison to Alu when he left for Stuttgart. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. MacArthur. Uh, Jed Drew, first player on this list. Now, this is interesting. Uh, well, Jack, Jack's like started nodding his head in disagreement to, to Jed Drew. Um, that was that was strange. Jed Drew's been fantastic this year. I, I put him in the one-year away section. Um, oh, I, I thought you were suge- going to suggest that he should move now. No, I'm going one year away. Sorry. No, 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 not move now. I think I think that would be too much too soon. I think Jed Drew's Jed Drew, and I think we'll probably get into this like Nishan Valupale is kind of similar when we talked about him, but this kind of like second year leap thing that's kind of like not really expected. Like Jed Drew's actually burst on the scene last year, and he's gotten better this year, um, and. I don't think that's that's quite rare. So, yeah, but I think he's obviously still very young and I think it would be way too early for him. We're just talking about Kuala going too early. I think it'd be way too early for Jed Drew to move now. So I'd say, I mean, I say one year away, but I say it with the proviso that he keeps improving at this rate, but maybe that's not sustainable. So maybe you could still put him in that raw category. But yeah, I, I put him one year away. Jack said one year away. What about you, Jack? Uh, Jake? Sorry. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have him um, in that sort of one-year-away category. And I th- think it's a really good comparison you made with Lupe is in, I thought Jedry last season showed pace, a bit of work rate, maybe not, not much else. Mm. This season has had dribbling to his game and has been one of the top chance creators. Uh, mm. Seven big chances created so far, which is really, really solid. And now the final step is goals. So he, he, yep. he's, he's yep. yeah sort of well-rounding himself yeah. to become a really good winger. So I think he's, that's that final step as we've seen a lot of players being able to do the rest, but it's the goals, you know, especially as a winger. Mm. So yeah, so I think it's um yeah maybe another season or two in um you know giving him some consistent minutes as he's been getting really really good minutes this season under Milos Stojovski, which I absolutely love. So shout out to him for that. It's been really really good, especially with the next player we'll talk about. Mm. Um, but yeah, I feel like Andrew. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just yeah. need needs to be a little bit more clinical. If he shows that he can be clinical, then he'll be ready once he's clinical. Yeah, for sure. Okay. On the other wing, usually, sometimes, when they're playing together, Rafael Borges-Rodriguez. Um, 
so I put I put Raphael. You could definitely put him in the raw category. I put him in the one year away mainly because I think he might have like some natural talent that might be like you know that could just burst out of nowhere and then it's like holy shit like you know how good is this guy like this is this is a guy with some Brazilian roots like let's not you know I know that's <laughs> I know that's such a simplistic argument but I could really see a world where he would just like you know burst on the scene next year like I mean he kind of has this year but then next year he takes his game to a whole nother level and like his end product is there and it's like wow this guy's so good uh I could definitely see that with with Rafa um because you know he's been the other thing with him is he's been kind of waiting for this moment a little bit right like he was at city and probably getting that kind of elite kind of city experience i guess from from a development standpoint but you have to play for it to really matter and now he's got a platform where he can and i could see him being one of those like surprise bolters out of nowhere i I, that's kind of what i'm kind of banking on with him no real like empirical evidence to support that more just kind of a feeling that i have uh and i'm 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 trusting you know you got to trust like the football heritage right like you know he's son of son of cristiano like he's he's got the brazilian roots like come on come on like you know there's got to be there's got to be something he's got to give there you know what i mean I, I i thought he's had a pretty good year so far um you know he's grabbed two goals already this season two assists as well and putting up some pretty decent dribble stats as well um yeah, I'd say, obviously, he's probably a little bit behind Jedru in terms of development. Obviously, uh, Jedru last season played pretty consistently. Uh, Bernardo's, you know, sorry, Raphael, sorry. Um, yeah, hasn't probably had that as, as many consistent minutes. So this has been his first season, getting the real chance as a starter. And look, Just quick, like you mentioned that, obviously, obviously, Bernardo's not on this list. Well, actually, he hasn't started five games, but also he's obviously just moved. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, fair enough. I'm sorry. They're just both Brazilians with you know really really good dads. Yeah, they're really good players. So I got mixed up, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like Rafael. Um, great player, but I think yeah, probably needs another couple seasons before you really make a mm. solid judgment on him as an overall player. But I I really really like sort of the the winger ranks. Like you, we mentioned there, Bernardo as well. You know, those three young players are there all competing for minutes on the wing. Like I feel like that's only really going to make them all better. Sort of very similar age. Mac- MacArthur's got like. Feeding. MacArthur's winger stocks are like the youth version of victories. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? That's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I even have Jake, we'll Jake Holman talk about soon, but yeah, I, I, I like what they're building, MacArthur. I, I thought that Bernardo sign was really, really good. Instead of yeah, but they're, yeah, but they're not title contenders. Area. Yeah, but they're not title contenders. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that debate. <laughs> Don't get in that debate, otherwise they'll lose six games in a row again. Uh, Jack, Ratha, yes. thoughts? Um... I'm leaning towards, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm like in between Raw and one year. I would say two. Like I want to see yeah. like mm. next season, full season starting in and out. I want to see his productivity. It needs to, even though he's been, you know, pretty good on the ball and all that sort of stuff, it needs to take a little bit of an uptick. I think his productivity needs to get higher. I don't see that happening next season. I think the season after will be the telling season for Raphael. Um, and at that point, I believe he will be about 22. So um, by the time he's 22, I think that's when we'll really see if Raphael's the real deal or, you know, has he... Because he's been hyped up for a very long time as well. Like, we we got to keep that in mind that we've known about him for a very, very long time. And this is the really the only 
time he's been given an opportunity to shine at a senior yeah, it's, level. It's like it's like it's like you know being it's like being drafted onto a team that's like you know already stacked. You know, if it's yeah. like if we're talking about basketball, for example, like that that was a problem with like Rafa being at Melbourne City. You know, so yeah, yeah, I, I completely get that. So look, I mean, unfortunately for me, it's like at least another season, season and a half, and yeah. then next like another season's best case scenario. If he comes out next season, scores a, scores a goal every two games, and assists sprinkling in there, then yeah, he can go. But like, I just think that. Two years by the time he's 22, we'll know what he's all about. Okay. Jake Holman, I've got him one year away. Uh, another another midfielder, another young midfielder that I love in the A-League. Jake Holman is fantastic to watch if if you if you are paying close attention. And yeah, I don't know. Like, And this year he's kind of shown some versatility as well with this kind of playing as a left winger sometimes too. Um, I just think he's an unbelievable dribbler as well. Um, you know... He can actually like beat opposing midfielders one v one, and from an Australian perspective, like we're just talking about the Syria game and stuff, like it's like huge for us to have players like that. So that's probably why I'm rating him a little bit higher than maybe what he is. But yeah, I could again, like I could see him maybe going to Scotland or something like that in a year's time, like for sure. So I put him in that group. But yeah, that could also be premature. Jack, what about you? Look, I don't want to show too much bias because he's also another Jake Hole. But look, he's an absolute—he's a great player. But I—I I th- I think he's um, like 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 maybe you can make a comparison to someone like a Kai Truan in terms of it's good that he's versatile. However, I feel like it's maybe stuffed him around a little bit. Yeah. As I lo- I think he's a good winger, but for me, he's clearly a center mid. Like he's mm. a number eight box. I, I actually, leader. you know, yeah, really, really good ball correct. It's funny you mention that because there's a weird but like we'll, we yeah. all know we all know MacArthur have got a certain number ten who's obviously going to start for them number 10 most weeks. But, like, Holman's good as a number 10. Like, I, I don't know which game it was. I, I, he... I think he can do that too. Yeah. yeah. He, he can definitely do that too. But but I I I'd, I think it's a bit of like a John Yule situation. It's John Yule can play as a number mm. 10. However, you'd argue maybe he's a little bit better, a little bit deeper as a number eight, as a ball progressor. But, yeah. yeah, Jake Holman's great. And I think it's, yeah, the question of what they're going to do with their midfield next season. As obviously this season, it's been uh, Clayton Lewis and Keanu uh, Kieran Bacchus. Um, that you know complement each other really well, but it's like, yeah, how can he find his way sort of into that pivot as sort of the the number eight? As he's played there a little bit this season, but it's been you know more so to give them a rest. But yeah, I don't know. I really like Jay Coleman, but it's just simply, can he get that role to really show himself? Because I think he absolutely has the talent for it. Jack, your thoughts on uh, Jay Cole football? Sorry, Jay, Jay Coleman. Yeah, <laughs> just like Vince Carter, he's got one more left in him. He's got one more left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, want to make a funny comment about Jay Coleman. It's completely unrelated, but on FIFA, I have his evolution. Um, and I'm pretty sure people I've played before have sent me a message saying, are you Jake Holman? Because I have his evolution and stuff like that. So I've got a really, really good Jake Holman card. So everyone just assumes I'm him because I'm Jake Cole on FIFA or something like that. So uh, Jack, funny Jack. story, but no, I'm not Jake Holman. Jack, do you play FIFA still as well, or EAFC or whatever the hell it's, all, it's called now? That, no, yeah. I, that, neither do I'm I. More, Come on, Jack. I'm more right, of man. a crazy. I just love nine, playing with Jake Holman. He's really good football to play manager with. in Australia, getting doubly rated United to the A League kind of guy. Oh, you're plugging your football manager series. Yeah, I forgot. Yep. Okay. That's um, dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Melbourne City. There's only a couple of players from them. Um, <laughs> this, this is going to be funny. And if Caden Foley's listening, he's going to love this. So Callum Talbot's first. Um, no. I, I, I tell you, I'm agreeing with Caden. I'm, 
I'm putting him in the in the bang average section. The uh, or the the uh, the yeah haven't, hasn't been good enough. Isn't in the conversation. I, I don't see it with Calm Talbot. I just don't. So I don't know. I maybe it's look and probably the next player as well is a little bit of recency bias, and I'm just not not loving a lot of Melbourne City stuff at the moment. I'll agree, but I don't like he doesn't offer much going forward. I don't think he's exactly. the greatest defender. Look. Well, I don't, but then, but then people say, "Well, what about the goal he scored in the Asian Champions League and stuff?" It's like, okay, like it's one moment. Like you know, I'm not going to overreact to it. You know, I agree because he's had significant minutes, and a guy we've seen go to Europe and be—I mean, with his club—be relatively successful in terms of getting game time and getting on the pitch in Geordie Boss, like night and day for me, night and day. Oh, for sure, yeah. And 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 just that alone tells me is that. Talbot is going to be a good player. He's going to be a good A-League player. And I really, really believe that he will be a good... Yeah, for sure. Could be that. an A-League player. But I think the A-League, maybe maybe the J1, like maybe when he's 26, 27 in his peak, that's his ceiling. Yeah, okay. So you've got him in like that could be a good A-League player section, whereas I've got yeah. him in the uh, in the dregs. Yeah, okay. Jake? <laughs> Yeah, I, I probably have him close to that just good, solid A-League fullback, that sort of category there, like a Storm Root, if we're pulling a comparison here. Just like a yeah. really solid yeah. player, to be fair. But yeah, I, I feel like he's someone that's maybe not necessarily hit his pick early, but I just can't see much more growth for him as a player. I don't really see it. I think he can get a little bit solid, more solid in all aspects of the game. But yeah, I don't think he has that outstanding potential that a Jordan Boss had, for example. You're like, wow, he's just going to continue to get better and better. I think Callum Talbot would just be, yeah, good player. Does his job, that type of guy, you know. Okay. Uh Lapane's next. Alessandro Lapane. Uh I'm out on him as well. So <laughs> mm. I'm I'm Yeah, I I I, I don't he, he's a little funny as I don't know. He, he's he's okay, I, I'd say he's one where it's like I think he'll be a little bit similar to Callum Talbot. As in, obviously, Callum Talbot, you know, he's relatively young and he's a consistent starter for yeah. a good team. So people might be like, oh, well, you know, he might be great. But I feel like he's someone where, like, I feel like he's just going to be a decent player. I don't, I just don't see. I just, um, look, here's his, his problem. Yeah. One of his problems is, like, work out your best position. There's that too. Or have someone work out your best position. Like, I don't, I don't know why they're playing him as, like, an eight. Like, I don't, I don't really see that with him at all. I thought he was better at the start of the season as a winger. Um and oh, I, even I actually disagree there. You disagree because I even if yeah, you remember I, when I they played Perth, but remember they played Perth earlier on the season, and he gave oh. away that goal where he was getting yep. pressed from behind, and it felt like he just couldn't deal with you know kind of the pressure of playing out in that sort of central area. And for me, I was like a big red flag where it's like, well, you can't play as an eight if you're gonna like built under that oh, sort of pressure, I, but. I, I, I'd argue that, that, that those stuff happens. He's only 19 years old after. True. Like, I feel like it's a, it, it's a building thing. Um, yeah, from what I've saw, in, at least at youth level, playing for the Australian youth teams, he's played mm. as yeah, more like a number eight. And yeah, look, I, I personally think as a winger, he's just too meh. I, I don't think he's the ability to really beat a player uh, yeah. and you know create chances and whatnot. But I, I'd say one thing that has impressed me with him is like maybe some late runs into the box. He's been able to pick up quite a few goals, which has impressed me at least. So maybe maybe more like a number ten. Who knows? As sort of someone like that, that yeah can create a little bit, get on the ch- end of chances. Who knows? But yeah, I'm 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 I think he, he can be all right. But yeah, I'm 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 not I'm not out here saying. Yeah, future soccer or something like that, you know. No, no, no. I'm I'm not even close to that. Um, I've 
Yeah. Like I'm yeah. I, I, I don't have any stock in him. Like let me just let's let's just put it that way. Um so like could he get better? Yeah, sure. I don't I just don't see it with him at the moment. So uh yeah, I've got him with the dregs. So yeah, sorry, sorry, Alessandro Lapane. Uh Jack, thoughts? I'm not selling it yet. I want to give him a good three years because he's only 19, right? And I think I've seen enough to warrant him. I think he's better as a midfielder, first and foremost. I don't think he's a winger. Um, And, look, I've seen enough from him to say that he's in that raw category. Like, he's not raw as in raw and exciting. It's more or less like his finished product in terms of even a youth prospect and a young prospect in the A-League is three years off, in my opinion. And Mm, I think by the time he's 22, we'll have a much clearer picture of what he's capable of. And right now, no, he's not playing his best football and no, he's not, you know, put a staking his claim as a, as a future young star of the league. But, you know, at, at 19, just to be getting this game time at a club like Melbourne city is valuable. And I think that, you know, push comes to shove, you know, whether City have the retention or someone like a Terry Antonis doesn't get the minutes that he's getting now and that's handed to Lapane, if they have the trust in him, that can change. But it also depends on who's taking control of the club and, and who's opting for what players. I don't think that Vidmar has a huge um, appetite for playing young players. And I would like to see Lapane go to a club that will give him a shot and a big shot. Like, as in, like, six, seven games, like, full I mean, he's starting a lot of games at the moment. He's yeah. starting, and you have right to say, like, he's been meh, but meh for a 19-year-old in senior football is not bad. Like, that's, for me, that's why I'm saying raw. I'm not going to go, he's just going to be a stock standard A-league player, and I'm going to say he's in the dregs. I think it's more, but, like, let's not help, let's not talk about Alessandro Lopane for too long when we've got all these players, but... I would say I would say that my thing with a lot of these guys is you have to be like I have to feel like you're gonna be elite at something. You know what I mean? So like when we talk about like Jacob Farrell, like he's just an elite one on one defender and now you're telling me he could get better going forward. Like Nisbet were just saying, like he's elite ball carrier, you know, and there's probably a couple of other things that he does at a really high level. Like I just I look at Lapana and I think like what what are you really gonna be good at? like really good at in like three years time. And I don't know, maybe maybe it's just too early to even see where that's going to come from. But, you know, yeah, maybe it starts with working out his position. Uh, that would that would probably be a good start. All right, Melbourne victory. Uh, Fabian Monge, who qualifies for this list, is a bit of a weird one because he's kind of come from the NPL. Um, I mean... Based on the four groups that we had, I put him in the bottom group. I put him in, obviously, the the kind of, you know, don't think he's good enough, isn't really in the conversation. I, I'd probably still say that. Not not in the sense that he's just a bad player. I think it's just that's his kind of ability and that's where he's at. I don't think he's really a guy who's going to, you know, progress beyond that to Europe. I think he kind of comes in, plays a certain role uh, for Popovich and, and that, that's what he does. And to be honest, if you're him... You've come from the NPL. If you're going to be a squad player for Melbourne Victory, you probably take that, right? So, and potentially a future starter. You're not really complaining. So I've got him in that kind of in that kind of dregs group. But it's not it's not like with a you know you know your shit. It's just kind of like a. It's just kind of where you're at. So yeah, Jake. 
Yeah, exact same. I think just solid A League player. I think. Um, yeah, I like him as a little, you know a bit of a hardworking midfielder. I can get about you know tidy on the ball, can win the ball. But yeah, I, I you know at, at twenty three years old, I think he's now you know yeah. I, I think A League solid A League player. You know, we'll put him in that category. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't really have anything to add about Monge. I don't think I've watched enough of him to add any nuance to that conversation. But what I have seen is stock standard A League screams it for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ryan Teague. Now, this is an interesting one because the the thing about Ryan Teague, which I think people forget, is like he went overseas when he was like a fucking infant. Like he was he was so young when he went overseas. 17, yeah. yeah, 17. And now he's come back. He's still only 21 and he's playing out of his skin. He looks absolutely fantastic. Um. I mean, you could make the argument he's been that good this season that, like, come season's end, he might just be ready straight away to go back to Europe but or, you know, somewhere overseas. But I don't know. I, I, would, I would still say maybe give him another year and maybe just kind of let him really become the fulcrum of that victory team for a long period because then I think there'll be heaps of suitors lining up the door. He's He's been sensational. That that Mariners game that we're at for Unite Round... Uh, who Tony Popovich said afterwards he was nursing some kind of knee injury and it did not look like it at all. He was dictating that game uh, in the first half. So, yeah, he's been superb. Uh, but I would still say wait a year, Jake. I don't know. I, I think if Victory have a solid run, potentially contend for the title, let's say they even win it, I can mm. easily see a team you know, you know, go for him, simply enough, because he's a you know probably the most important sort of deeper midfielder in that victory team, I think he's very crucial the way they play. So composed, like he reminds me a lot of you know simple comparison, Callum Newanoff, you know, came from the sort of the same academy. But um, yeah, in terms of that type of player, and yeah, Callum Newanoff, we saw him take a move after you know only one season with the Wanderers, and I yeah. definitely can see the same. I think he's exceptional. Um, yeah, and probably you know could probably go down as one of the better sort of you know de- defensive midfielders in the league as yeah early twenties, and yeah, why not go for someone like that? So yeah, big fan of his. Jack? I want one more year of Ryan Teague in the A-League and then go back to Europe. And I, I'm talking like trying to get a contract with a decent, with the club with decent prospects for either promotion or playing time because I feel like where he ended up at, what, at Family Cow in Portugal yep. was yep. weird. And then he played... 25 matches in the second tier of Portugal, which, I mean, if the Central Coast Mariners are signing players out of the second tier of Portugal, like, can't be that bad of a level, really. So... Yeah, but those like, guys are, like, they're, they're, they're scouting on another level. Like, it's... It's this. Oh, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird how they went from having no money to having this they're, deep... They're the A-League's work. Brighton. Like, that's that's what the Mariners are at now. That's yeah. what I'm going to start calling them. Like... <laughs> but it, what, what I'm saying is just, like, it was a weird place to end up, played 24 matches and came back and like from what I've seen him at international youth level has been brilliant. And for me, I think that give him another year. If Melbourne Victory are really successful at the end of this season, I could easily see him move there. But I think you should give it another year um, until he's 22 because he's six foot tall as a midfielder. Mm. Physically, clubs are going to be attracted to him and go six foot tall, midfielder, box to box. That's it. That's the, he, could, that's- he could play in the championship. Yeah. Like, got it. Yeah. I could yeah, see that. Like, it's like, at, at the end of the day, if he's not got the techers, he's got the physicality to be able to hold up. 
as a prospect. Right? That was that was definitely one thing I noticed watching him up close was like, wow, he's actually yeah, he's quite yeah. bigger than than what you think. And and that's what I mean. Like physically, he can hold up. I can easily see him at the end of this season going to Scotland, for example, and getting some significant game time out there. I don't think it's the best move for him because I think his ceiling is much higher. And I think that if he goes for more minutes of victory, signs with maybe a championship club or a second tier in Germany, or maybe maybe even like bottom of La Liga, maybe pushing promotion of the Segunda Division, that 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 could be a genuine like career path for him. And I think that that one extra year will help him achieve that. Okay, uh, Nishan Valupale, final victory player, very similar to Jed Drew. I don't know why. I think those two are like very interlinked. Whenever I think of Jedru, I think of Nishan. Whenever I think of Nishan, I think of Jedru. Um, I uh, same thing that I said about Drew, where I, I had him in the one year away if he continues on the path that he's on right now. Because I mean, his his growth this year has been fucking unbelievable. Like he's been unreal, Nishan Valupale. Um, Jack, I'm gonna go to you first because <laughs> it was off air. After one of the podcasts this year, and we were talking about Nishan Valupe, and you had this like unreal analogy about like all this theory about Nishan Valupe, which I think is like the most like niche theory of like a young player I think I've ever heard. Dude, do you want me to go on with it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Nishan Valupe, I feel like you know how he's going to play for a 90 minutes if he does play the full 90 in the first three minutes of a game. And that's if when he drops the shoulder, puts a step over, if the fullback guarding him is hesitating. If he hesitates, he's locked in and he will beat you to a pulp and he will leave you there bleeding out on the side of the gutter. Like, honestly, and if you just show a little bit of stand up, it's almost like he goes, oh, crap. Okay, he's trying to like, you know like match me here, like he's really going to have a go. And he almost plays within himself. He doesn't gain that confidence that he would gain in the first, you know, three minutes, five minutes of a game. So, like, I mean, that's what I've seen when I've watched him. And this especially happened when he was representing Australia at a, you know, youth level. I saw it a lot that if a defender just sort of planted his feet and didn't hesitate and was like, no, nah, I'm going to try and just like take the ball off you anyway. Don't, don't matter about your step overs. He almost goes, oh, crap, now I've got to start passing backwards. So, well, I'd like to see for Valupe, if he can have the confidence to go, even if the defender is trying to match him, like trying to step to him and just say, no, fuck this guy. I'm just going to torture him anyway. So, fuck you. Then I think Nishan Valupe can be a fucking unreal player. Like the size he has, the, the, the feet, like, come on. Like, what's not to love about Nishan Valupe if he can, you know, sort of beat that, I think, little mental block? So, what, one year away? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go one year. Yeah. Shit. All right. Jake? Yeah, I, I'd probably have him one to two years, I'd say. Um, I, I really, really like that analysis. I totally agree. I think he's very much so a confidence player. If you can see he believes in himself and he's feeling it, I think he looks very, very good. Um, The, the one thing, yeah, if we're at least comparing him to Jed Drew, for example, uh, is he's 22 compared to Jed Drew, who's only 20. So I think yeah. that's the thing that maybe holds him back slightly. And I'd also say that the fact he's in a victory side that are looking to compete now. And you can see that in Popovich, the way he coaches, he's, you know, he's maybe not as interested in developing plays. He wants results right now. And if you're not performing, he's going to drop you. Bring yeah, but I, on, you know, I, I'd almost argue that's like a, a positive for someone like Volupele because he's young and yet he's responding to a demanding coach like, like Popper. So... You know, yeah. it kind of bodes well for you a little bit. 
it could be, I guess, a green flag in that sense in terms of, you know, he's willing to take a challenge and that's great because, you know, Tom Popovich, you know, he's a great coach. So if you can really work with him, you know, I think he's a great player. Um, and he looks to be pushing him hard. So, yeah, I love Nishan Valupale. I think he's got a lot of upside, but, yeah, I guess maybe being a little bit more clinical, adding those sort of goals and assists to his game as, you know, the dribbling-wise, anyone can see it. Pace-wise, he's up there, some of the quickest in the league. Lovely player to watch, but, yeah, just, yeah, fine-tuning his game, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jack, Newcastle Jets, we're here. Um... <laughs> Do you want me to rattle them off? Do you want me to get through them quickly? We can see if there's any arguments. <laughs> all right. You, all right. You can lead it. All right. Start all start right. with our first player. All right. Well, I'm going to start by just process of elimination. Those who the A-League is their, pretty much their ceiling. All okay. Right? Kankar, Aquilina, and Grozos. Those are my three. Is there any disagreements with the yeah. A-League? No, I, 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 yeah, I agree with all three of those. Ceiling? Jake, Jake any? Disagree with any of those? I think some of them have a chance. Aquilina's looked all right further forward. Maybe that could be something. Aquilina, really? Moments of time. Oh, did you see that, that cross he put in? He's a, he's a good like, player. Like it's one moment. I told you not to. It's no, like no, no, the towel belt. I'm not overreacting like, to one moment. That was very impressive. Like, so, like again, the, the, the limit probably is just a solid A-League fullback, but you never Here's know. Here's the thing about You're Aquilina like, and... and and as a player later on, I'll say the same thing. If you've been on three A-League clubs by the time you're 23, like, no. Like, I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm just okay. kind of out. You know what I mean? Look, look, okay. No, as, as in odds are, they probably aren't, but I just hate just saying, no, this player's not going to make it because you never know. But yeah, agree. Continue, continue. Well, I do. I'm planting my flag. I don't see it. <laughs> I, I agree with Aquilina, uh, Chanchar, and Grozos. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad we can agree, except for Jake having some weird fascination with Aquilina. I think he's a good player. I think he's a useful player. I think he's a good player to have in a squad and as a part of a salary cap, 100%. Don't think his ceiling is any higher than A-League men's football at all. All right. Okay. Let's, let's get the others. Now to the better news. <laughs> Lucas Moragas, like, he's good. I fucking love Lucas Moragas. I, 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 put, I put him one year away. I'm, I'm going one year away too. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay. I'm going one year away. I'm agree because he, the way he takes on players, I feel like the only thing he needs to work on, and I think it's more of a mental thing rather than to do with his skill set, is that I feel like at times he cuts in when he ought not to. He ought to play a mm -hmm. ball across the face of goal, right? And he's really good at cutting in. Don't get me wrong. He always finds space. I have hardly seen him lose the ball in that scenario. But there's some scenarios where you should, it's better just to take the touch and then cross it in and, and, and use the striker that's in the middle. But if you see a lot of, like, the Jets' goals, like, it's always bombing down that left side with overlap runs from Moragas and then Apostolos is there or Clayton Taylor smoking at the back post. Like, that's sort of just how they've operated. And I think that Moragas, he's that sort of modern wingback slash fullback where – He's a competent enough defender that you can justify putting him in a starting 11. And yeah. his attacking upside is exciting yeah. and can add a lot to any team. And I'm talking teams in Asia. I'm talking some teams in Europe as well. Well, here's the thing about Moragas is that he showed adaptability in playing in what was more of a defensive system under Talley and then playing in this more progressive system under Stan where he looks good. So, But the here's, thing here's the thing, uh, two systems. And I want to point this out. At Wellington, right? bit more of defensive system, right? 
he was still dribbling past players and putting people on yeah. the ground yeah, and still for bombing sure. forward. And that's the thing I like about him. He'll go, yeah, I'll play in a system. I can be a system player. But at the end of the day, if you're coming at me, I'm going to take you on. And that's the kind of player I yeah, am. Yeah, he's got that individual flair about him for sure. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing as well with Moragas is like the big stick of approval is like, you know, all the Jets fans tearing their hair out, like going, why the hell was this guy loaned out to Wellington? Kind of just like speaks volumes, right? So, you know, uh, that was the other thing with him. Jake, you're you're in agreement one year away? Yeah, yeah, I I, I like Lucas Moragas. I'd also say, I think he can be more confident sometimes. As I, I totally agree with what Jack was saying in terms of backing himself because I see a lot of ability. Um, yeah, getting to that byline, putting. So I think he's a really, really good cross on him. I've seen a lot of really good balls. He's J- good. Jack's dribbling. looking at you like, what the fuck? This guy's so confident, dude. He's swagger. Well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> he's great. He's a really, really good player. He just. I think yeah, it's decision just... making. I think there is a mental aspect to it. I think it's decision making, but I don't think he's short of any confidence. Like, I've watched him a lot when he burst onto the scene. Just I think like two years ago, three seasons ago, maybe. Right. Yeah, I've seen a, and to be honest, like he's not short of confidence. Like he wants to, it, he will like backtrack to take on the same player and put him in the dirt again. Like he doesn't care, he doesn't give a fuck. He'll fuck you up. <laughs> Just to put it simply. All right, all right. Uh, the other Newcastle players on the list. Yeah, uh, let's go, Mark Natter. That's an interesting uh, one because he's, if I'm not mistaken, has he had some overseas interest? Sydney yeah. FC yeah. have been sniffing about. And not Sydney FC too. But Sydney FC have been sniffing about, and they ought to be because he is the archetypal centre-back of a modern football team. Like, yeah. ball playing, his balls, his passing's, like, range is pretty incredible. Didn't you disagree with me earlier on the season when I said he was a ball player? I didn't disagree that he was a ball player. I said that you don't need two ball players in a centre-defensive partnership. Fair. I think that's what I was making the point of. Hmm. We mm. might have to backtrack that. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say the instant replay, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So, I've got Nata one year away, too. Yeah, I've got the same. Yeah. Jake? Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got the okay. same there. I think another solid year, yeah. Okay, now, if I'm not mistaken, I've got two more Newcastle players here. Clayton Taylor and and, and Apo. Bossel yep. Stamnolopoulos. Okay. Clayton, Clayton Taylor, I want to start with him. Because I think he's been... Who has had Scottish interest, apparently. Has had Scottish interest, right? I think he's been on par with the best player that has played this season for the Jets, which is Apostolos, and we'll get to him in a second. Mm. I'm still leaning towards Raw, and I'm going to explain this, that I think that his ceiling is really high. I watched him in the NPL New South Mm. Wales, fucking unreal player in that league, like torched people pretty much every week, right? And we got, we got, we we should apologize at this point for how many f bonds have been on this podcast. There's a lot. Of yeah, it's been a lot. This, this is this is a record. This is a record breaker for sure. Yeah, 100%. I'm just amped up because of the segment. Anyway, yeah. Um, I think that he ought to spend two se- full seasons of senior football before he thinks going overseas because with his ability, I can just see him going great. We'll put him in our youth team and see if he co- and just let him cook in the youth team for a few years. And I don't think that. That yeah. make gets him anywhere closer to probably his personal goals than anything. You know, he could move to Scotland. I think that's where the international interest has been coming from. I think it's. I think Monty's been sniffing around a few young guns in the A League. He's trying to bring over. So I think it was Hibbs. I don't know if that's that's what I've been. I think hearing. was it was it Motherwell? 
Was it? Who was? I heard Motherwell. I heard a few Scottish. I even heard the MLS. The, the MLS. MLS American interest. Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah MLS. We we, we actually haven't. We actually haven't. MLS hasn't come up as like a pathway in in any of these discussions, which is interesting because America. I think. I mean, we're, we're seeing, we are seeing quite a few Aussies like move to the USL Championship. Um, so, you know, there's a couple of guys in Canada, for example. So, yeah, never rule out like the MLS is like a kind of stepping stone too. But um, Clayton Taylor, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in between that raw slash one year away because I think he's got, he's another one who's like got heaps of natural ability. Like his ability to, if I'm not mistaken, it was a goal. There was the first goal Newcastle scored against Wellington earlier on this season, Jack, if I'm not... Yeah, when they won 3-0 in Wellington and Clayton Taylor just went on this amazy run. And it's just like, this is the league's best defense and this guy's just carving these guys up like they're not even there. Like, it's just shit like that where I get excited about. And I think it's on that podcast that I said, and it was to a little bit of um, backlash, but I said that Nestoria and Kunda's fast and powerful, but Clayton Taylor is better with the ball at his feet at speed. Yeah. And I think yeah, I had yeah. a bit of backlash on that, but honestly, like it's like on a string. Who who gave you backlash for that? I don't know. I think well, you're obviously the host. I think someone did. I think someone was like, "No, he's not a better dribbler than Nestori." And I was like, "No, they're different dribblers, but they're same effective, just different." Like Nestori is powerful. I think it was. I think it was Nestor's burner. That's what, yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jake, Wayne Taylor, thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I... Totally agree with you guys as well. I think he's like so much upside, but it's simply, yeah, just sort of making him a consistent player as I, I think the, this performance against the victory alone where he should have had a hat trick. Mm. Like I'm like, wow, like I've I haven't seen something like this in a while. This guy, he looks fantastic. So there's, yeah, there like, is something to be said about like MPL player into the A league bang, like takes it by storm straight away. Kind of, gets the end product going straight away. Like that kind of always excites me big time. So yeah, very excited to see how it plays out for him for sure. Okay, Jack, last Newcastle player, the big one. Apostolos, Damatolopoulos, big Apo. one in the player and big one in the name department there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I got through that unscathed. Uh, he needs, I would say that he's ready now. And I know he just sort of came back from overseas in a spell like Western United and stuff, but like... Just given his age, and now he's sort of was used, I think, obviously found some success in Greece in the second division, but he was used as almost this versatile forward who could maybe play as an advanced forward, maybe play as a poacher, maybe even a target man. I mean, he's not to- he's not a huge physical presence, but his leaping no. ability is something that's really astonishing. He, he kind of plays bigger than what he is. A yeah, yeah bit he plays, yeah. plays a lot bigger, but... Now that I've seen him as a poacher who just makes late runs into the box and, and finishes things, like, honestly, teams just just play him there and he'll be automatic because he just has this knack of being in the right place at the right time. And given his age, given his maturity as well as a person, I think that, like, he's ready now to go back overseas and just try and push the envelope. I'm not saying you'll be a huge success, but... I feel like after this season, the confidence that this season will give him, I think that he needs to really, really take advantage of that. And I say that as someone who doesn't want to lose him from the Jets because it's really the only thing we have going for us right now, him and Clayton Taylor. <laughs> so, um, Jake, why don't you why don't you give your thoughts? Because I think maybe you're going to agree with Jack. I'm going to zag slightly, but 
your thoughts? Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'd say it's very dependent on how he finishes this season. As mm. I, I think if he can at least somewhat continue what he started, I think, yeah, he probably is ready for that move. You know, he's already in his mid-20s now. It's probably at the point where like, okay, he's probably not as young. Like, let's get him out there firing as soon as possible, as he has shown an ability to play overseas too. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really like Apostolos. Um, did not see this coming at all, by the way. Like, that was one of my biggest shocks this season. I, I knew he was a good player, but... He looks like one of the top strikers in the league this season. And I really like, yeah, he can get up goals, but he's also, his hold-up play is fantastic. Mm. I think he's experienced even playing on the wing at times. So he has that all-around game to him. Um, so, yeah, I really like him. And, yeah, I'm praying, you know, for uh, even Australia, but that uh, he can continue. Because I really think he could be an outside shout for in a Socceroo spot in that all-around striker role. Because I don't know who else, you know, has that ability. I think, I think Jack, like, was like a one-man kind of PR campaign to get Apple on the plane to Qatar, weren't you? Or like... Not, a- not, not really. I just said, <laughs> I think we were talking about Bruno Fornaroli and we talked about Taggart, who's also having a fantastic season. And then the next best after that was Apostolos, which was a little... It's a yeah. little bit weird how one of the top teams in the competition has a top striker and then... All well, the I, love, teams- I, love, I love how Newcastle and Perth that's the one silver lining that they got from they all of this bullshit is they got two good strikers. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, like, when I was saying that, I was saying that in the context of that, yeah, Bruno Fonaroli was clear what, you know, was scoring. He scored two hat-tricks by that point and a brace, right? But then just right behind him on sitting on five goals, just like almost quietly was Apostolos Stamatolopoulos in second. And I was like, oh, what the hell? He's just sitting there, like everyone's talking about Fornaroli, and I'm just like, he's he's second <laughs> second chance for you know the top scorer in the league, and I just found it a little bit funny. I wasn't really promoting him to get on the plane, but I think he definitely has potential to be a national team player in the future. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Um, so I'm gonna like when he first came out at like United, Apostle Stamalopoulos, like I was very high on him. I thought he was a superb talent. Uh, then it didn't quite work out game time-wise, went to Western. That obviously didn't work out at all. Then he just had this kind of Greek rejuvenation, I guess. Um, and, like, you could make an argument that it's kind of like, why did he come back? Like, you'd also say that. Like, you know, maybe he's a little bit overqualified. There's that too. But you could also say, like, is this just a little bit of a one season wonder purple patch thing would he need another season to prove it and show that he's a week in week out goal scorer amongst the league's elite so i had him in one year away that's why whereas but you know you could also say well he just came back from doing okay overseas and he's scoring goals like maybe he's not too good for the a-league but maybe it's like he's not going to be challenged enough here he should go straight away again you know so yeah that's an interesting one. It's a bit of a strange case because it's not like the usual guys who come back from overseas because they're not playing. Like, he kind of was getting minutes and it wasn't awful. Like, you know, um, maybe it was just more of a homesickness thing. So, who knows? All right. Perth Glory, we've got five clubs left. I think we've got 23 players left from uh, from memory. That sounds like a lot. And Jax <laughs> rolled his eyes because we it is late right now. Okay, let's move through it quick. Cameron Cook, first one up. From Perth Glory. Um, I put Cameron Cook in the raw category um, because, well, 
Interesting. Stasic drops him yesterday. Sale comes in. Sale looks really not yesterday again on Saturday because the Wanderers. Sale looked comfortable. He looked really good. So already your mind's kind of thinking, oh no, like has Cameron Cook now lost his starting spot for a little bit? Who knows? Maybe it's still up for grabs. But yeah, I, I think I think he's a I think he's a great keeper. Uh I think he's got a lot of potential and upside Cameron Cook. But um I don't think I think saying that he's a year away or something would be way too early, particularly that he is a keeper. So I've put him in the raw category. Jake? Yeah, a uh, solid goalkeeper. Maybe a little bit unfortunate to lose his spot to Ollie Sale, but ultimately you have such a good goalkeeper behind you there. It's like, it's almost not inevitable, but, you know, like obviously they're going to try to get him back out there. Um, yeah, so I think it's really just on, can he, you know, find a way to start again? Because I think, yeah, if you can give him a couple seasons to start, sort of maybe iron out, you know, a few sort of errors and mistakes in his game. Yeah, I think he can be a really solid goalkeeper, maybe even a move overseas. But I think at least I can see him being a really you know, good A-League goalkeeper, but we'll see. Jack? It's too raw. I can see the talent. I can see the ceiling, but he's a goalkeeper. Like, they're made five years, you know, to his senior, to be honest. Mm. And I would say, like, unless he's getting a contract that says you will play 90 minutes per game at this club, then he's better off just sticking at Perth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gio Colley is next on the list. Yeah. Jack's shaking his head. I agree. I, I'm uh, no, nah, just nah, not for me. Uh, not, 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 not my, uh, not my, A-leg uh, at best. A-leg at best. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I can say that. Like he, he this is at best. At best, like this guy seems to be living on the legacy of like that one goal that he scored at Highmarsh. Like I don't, I don't really rate him that much at all, to be honest with you. Like I, maybe you could say he's not playing necessarily in his best position because he's kind of playing as an eight and a four four two. Maybe he's more of a ten. Okay, but I just, I don't see it. I think he's not the most comfortable player kind of on the ball, not what you would expect from kind of a midfielder like that. And like every now and then he would come up with like some banger or something and everyone would be ah, oh, Gio Colley, but it's like, eh, I don't, not, not enough there, not enough meat on the bone for me, I guess, uh, with Gio. So I put him in the dregs. Yeah. Jake? Uh, I'm not fully selling my stocks on him yet as again, I think he's in quite a bad situation at Perth. And also, yeah, he's playing quite deep. I think he's probably more of a number 10. But again, I, I can totally understand why people see that. But I don't know. I, you know, well, He's also another one. Broke for a little bit late. I think he's 23 now. So he's probably it's not like, as... It's like fucking but... Cody's in the room. What? No, I'm, I'm saying I like some positivity. I don't like just giving up on these young guys. They're still young. And, they've sh- and he is one that has shown me ability. His ball striking cannot be underestimated. Like, he has scored some bangers. Not just that goal. He's also scored free kicks. Like... I don't know. I like him. He he, he gave. He did, didn't he score one in the Asian Champions League one? Am I? Uh, no, I think it was Armiento. I think Armiento. Oh no, that was Armiento. That's right. But, that was Armiento. Uh, yeah. But but he he has also scored a goal in the in the A League. I think. But um, from a free kick. But I know he, he like he gives me a little bit of not Jake Brimmer vibes. But like probably Jake Brimmer to a little bit less extent. Let's just Jesus say that. Christ. I, know, I like Jesus him. Christ. That's I quite a big Calm down. I really I liked you. I liked your colleague. I liked your colleague. Just Jake. On him. Jake Brimmer, based on this season, could almost make a move, and you're putting him in that category. I said to a lesser extent, as he's also younger as well. Yeah, to like a fucking Jake much Brimmer lesser extent. Yeah, it's just like, you know, maybe like if Jake Brimmer had one leg. Like, 
<laughs> I don't think he's that bad. He's just like, like whenever you see Jake Broomer play sort of in that similar role as Jared Colley, I don't think he ever looks great. You know, <clears throat> Broomer's another one that plays better advance. And I think that's the same with Jared Colley. But, Fair. you know, we'll see. We'll wait and yeah. see. see who's wait and see. There. Okay, Daniel Benny's next. I think this is a pretty slam dunk. Raw. Oh, I think it's, raw. yeah. Jake's got raw. raw. Jack, raw. Like, just not ready to start. You know, which is kind of a big red flag. He's, yeah, been in and out and just hasn't, you know, like everyone, you know, we talk about keep up at the start, but, you know, everyone like keep up and every man and his dog's like, you know, losing their shit because, you know, Daniel Benny like had one goal or one assist or something against West Ham. And it's like, yeah, okay, like, let's see how the season starts and how he goes. And yeah, we're seeing just a, just a young player who's not ready. Simple as that. Okay. Luke Ivanovich, uh, welcome to the Geo Collie Club. You're, you're there. <laughs> Same. Listen, here's the thing about Luka Vanovic, and that was when I was saying earlier about Aquilina. Same thing. If you've been on three teams by the age of like 22, 23, I'm just, it's a big red flag for me. It's a big red flag. Like three clubs just don't believe in you. Or no, I, I actually, off the ball, I like his output, but I actually I think that, I think that in the right system, it can be really, really effective, but it's not a system yeah. existing anywhere outside the A-League, man. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I get I, ready to learn Chinese, really... buddy. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, like again, he's he's someone that he shows a lot of promise. He has a good moment here and there, but just not consistent. And yeah, he's twenty three now. Yeah. It's like okay, you know, like speed okay, it up now. great, Thank okay. You. So, so you can see okay, it with we'll... Ivanovich. Thank you. Yes. Thank yes, you. Yes. I, 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 I agree there. I agree there. Yeah. Okay. Next, Stefan Kolakowski. Who technically isn't he oh, like wow. a Macedonian baller? He's not actually an Aussie baller these days. But no, nah, seriously, let me yeah. talk about Collar, who's been excellent this season with Taggart. Um, you can't really complain if you're Stadrich. I'm, I mean, Kolakowski. People forget we we mentioned this a few times when we talk about him, like how he actually was probably on the same level as Tilio, uh, Tilio, sorry, at Melbourne City, um, for a period there, and then he's just had this weird sort of like, you know, regression, and then he didn't play, and then now he's kind of showing us, oh, yeah, Stephen Kolakowski. Fuck. I forgot how good he was. And I don't know. I put him in the one year away. I could see him, you know, someone taking a flyer on him or maybe, you know, with those Macedonian connections that he probably has, like getting some move to Greece or something. Like, I could see, you know, a, a move like that somehow coming out. Um, I just... I just, I, I think we all kind of rate Kolakowski as a player, and I think that his... His story is beyond the A-League. Let me put it that way. Jake? Yeah, um, I really like him. Versatile attacker. I've really liked him sort of playing as a, sort of an out-and-out striker alongside Adam Taggart. I think he looks great. They complement each other really well. So, yeah, I think it's ultimately he hasn't had a lot of you know A-League consistent game time as a 23-year-old, which has been really disappointing. But now is his chance and he's taken it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think another solid season or two. And, yeah, who knows? I think he could go further. He's a really, really good player. Yeah. Jack? And it's Collar season too. It, it is officially Collar season. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a good player. I think he's had such a weird runabout that I can't really make a summation between Raw, A-League, or one year away. Like, it could be either or. Like, I just don't feel comfortable commenting on his... Like, I think he has ability. I just don't feel like... It is hard to judge a guy when, like, he goes one season... Not playing at yeah, all. Really, like, really good season at Melbourne City. He moved to Perth, 
thought he was going to be the guy. Then Jacob Douse started whipping in the best balls you've ever seen from the wing and just never got a look in. And, and then, and then never. now Jacob Douse has gone and done the Stefan Kolakowski and we never see him play football ever well, again. Well, he's actually just injured. It's his knee injury instead of just yeah, like being injured, bugging yeah. him. Like, yeah, no, but still, yeah, point remains. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's fuck. like a, it really flipped the script there. It's, um, yeah, I, I just don't feel comfortable commenting on him right now. He's like actually sort of a wild card for me. Like he could be anything. Mm. He could wake up, he could pick up tomorrow and be bought by a championship level club and go over and be a huge success. And I wouldn't be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised if he stayed in the A-League for the rest of his career. Like, it's just weird. I just can't make a decision. Right. Okay. Interesting. All right. Sydney FC. First one, Jake Girdwood Reich. Mm, this is interesting. Uh, <laughs> I put him in one year away on the proviso that he plays as a center back. <laughs> and he doesn't Ooh. yeah 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 please, and he doesn't please. keep getting fucked around with his position yeah I'm, I'm 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 very mixed on where he is his best position as i don't mind Fair. him as a defense midfielder but i'm not sold on him as a center back and that's largely just due to his rashness he's like if, if i say yeah. dan hall's rash he's another level of rash he is so aggressive but but he can also yeah like he you know could have got, even got a red card in terms of two yellow cards you know, in that previous game. So, I don't know. I I, I like Jay Goodwood-Reich. I think he has a lot of ability. But, yeah, it's simply finding what's his best position and developing him there because, yeah, he could be really good. Yeah, but I could – see, my counter to that would be he's got that aggressive kind of nature. I could see him having another good season and, like, some League One club or something talking themselves into, like, mm, this 20-year-old with a bit of potential – he kind of suits the English game. He's got that kind of aggressive streak about him and maybe taking a fly. I don't know. But just just yeah. painting kind of a random situation. But I'm also not 100% sold on him as a centre-back in a back four. I feel like he'd suit better in a back three, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't think he has that, that. I don't know. Like, now. It's like, obviously, he hasn't played there before. You know, he's, he's a defensive midfielder. That's yeah, but I feel like this season when he's, like, he's been better as a centre-back than as a holding midfielder. I, 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 I've... I, I thought his position, maybe this is a more of a Sydney problem, to be fair. They've looked not good in defense, yeah. but I, th- I thought sometimes his positioning has looked a bit dodgy. But again, you know, he hasn't played there. So I, yeah. I think it's a thing where give him a couple seasons to develop. Yeah. Okay. Jack? Yeah, I'm going with Raw. I just think that once they nail down his position, you know, the fog will clear to see if he's good or just young. Like, I've seen good performances. I've seen just immature stuff from him. I've seen him have a few wonky ones this year. Like, I, I don't have a large enough sample size of where he should play. I think he's a centre-back, and I think he should play centre-back, you know, for Sydney FC. And after he maybe gets half a season, a full season, I have a better summation of if he's one year away or maybe a little bit further or maybe he's ready to go then. But to me, it's similar to um, Yazbek when he was playing for Sydney FC. Like, it was almost like he was getting floated in between a few positions. And then as soon as they nailed him on as a centre-back and he got some good, consistent minutes at that position, it was clear that, you know, he could elevate. Who, Yazbek? Yeah. Yazbek plays a midfielder. Yeah, that's what I mean. He would play deeper. Like, I saw him playing, like, slotting in. Almost like in between the center backs under Karika, which was weird. Maybe in possession, but not out of possession. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like it was just inconsistent of where he was positioned on the field. Well, like, I'm not talking about how he lines up on his team sheet. 
It's a different situation, but similar. I, I, yeah. How I, he was tactically I, I, yeah, utilized. He plays a defensive midfielder sometimes, and more, like more than number eight at other times. I, I get what he's saying. Yeah, that, that's what oh, I mean. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's like, I mean, tactically, like how he was utilized. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as he was utilized properly, it, was, it became clear that he could elevate. Yeah. So I think Reich is, Gabriel Reich is in the same position. So that, that's what I'm trying to say. So yeah. that wasn't clear. No, that's right. Okay. Joel King, um, I'm out. I'm out. So wow. There you go. No, don't, don't he's the next Ryan Grant. No, he's not. I don't rate him. Uh, actually, well, maybe he is. If we're, if we're, I don't know. It depends on your opinion on Ryan Grant. Um, yeah. No, I don't see it. Um, so that that's 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 it. I don't really have much more to add, Jack. I, I thought he's, he's looked okay this season when he's played. You know. Um. Yeah. Okay. Look, he probably doesn't have that same potential we sort of all thought he would have when he broke out initially for Sydney, got the move, etc. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think he's decent. I think, I think, I think, I, I think at least he'll become a good A-League left back. Maybe he gets a move abroad. I honestly think if point. I went through like all but, the A-League left backs, he'd be like, like starting week in, week out. I think he'd be like in the bottom four or something if I really went through it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Actually. Oh, I can see where you come from. Well, he is better than Ryan Kidder. There you go. All right. Uh, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A-League. Like I said, he's the next Ryan Grant. He was stats in the FC through his whole career. I, I don't see him going any further than the A-League. But I think he'll be a solid A-League player. And I actually think that he'll be like Ryan Grant, where over an 18-month period, he'll be in the national team and be starting and actually playing semi-decently and be reliable, right? Not but that's with Jordan Boss pe- there, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm saying with Jordan Boss there, nah, he's, he's he has not seen the light of day. Let's just I mean, that. can we just talk about the fact how much Joel King fought too, his way to the World Cup? I don't know if he was a fraud. How did Jason Davidson go instead of him? Just that, that. That's exactly what I'm saying. Come on, man. Like that. Look, that that's getting worse. That 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 particular selection is just aging very very poorly. But yeah, I just think he's a league player. I think that he'll get a handful of Socceroos appearances, and that will be his career. And that's pretty decent. Fair enough. All right. You need those players. Yeah. Jaden Kucharski's next. Uh, I put him in the raw section. I think. What I would say is I think Jaden Kaczarski's got potential to be like one of the best finishers we've seen. Um he's yeah. Like I know I know he had he had that uh in the derby. Now thinking back a little bit how he had that that, that shocking yeah. miss yeah. where like but that Adelaide game, his debut always stick out to me where it was just like, Whoa, okay, like this guy <laughs> when he's playing at his best could actually be like this insane sort of like diminutive striker with this unbelievable finishing ability. So, yeah, but I think it's yeah, it's just too early to really make any sort of, uh, you know, uh, major judgment on him. So he has to be in the raw section, Jake. I totally agree there. Um, has he been injured the past couple of weeks? I've noticed yeah, he's just not been on the team at all. I'm assuming he's been injured, but that's been disappointing because, yeah, he was on a really, really good run, sort of been out of the team a little bit now. But, yeah, I, I think if he can keep a consistent role, potentially, yeah, starting alongside of Fabio, Gomez as a second striker. I think that's like perfectly suits uh, Jaden Kasarczarski in the way he plays. So yeah, I like his role at the moment. Jack? Yeah, he's too raw. I would say in terms of upside, he's got a similar upside to Clayton Taylor, but Clayton Taylor has the beauty of being at a club that does not have the stocks that Sydney FC do in terms of player and can get more games. That's a beauty for Clayton Taylor. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... And that's probably where it ends. (laughs) 
there isn't relegation. So, like, you know, get to play minutes. That's pretty good. <laughs> you could also get relegated from just being a club. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we don't let Newcastle fail. We have agreed. <laughs> oh, man. We just can't. Okay. Patrick Wood, um, who, yeah, like, uh, they, they, they get to the point where, like, if the only thing you're really known for is just, like, being good in the Australia Cup, then it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I don't, again, another guy who I just think, yeah, maybe becomes just a standard A-League player, but I don't know, I just, I've never really rated Patrick Wood that highly, to be honest with you. Um, He'll be a really good A-League player, but he won't go any further. A really good player? I don't, I don't I even know. I think he'll be good. I do. Possibly. But I don't think he, he could be anything more than that. Yeah. Jake? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just sort of waiting for him to really kickstart his career as he's just had like identical seasons over and over where he'll, have, you know, he'll score a goal here and be like, oh, you know, maybe he can start for them and nothing. You know, it's it's yeah, like he never kicks on. That's my that's my kind of my point. It's just kind of yeah. like yeah, like like the, the 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 one thing he has in his favor is he still is only twenty one years old, which is nuts. Like considering how long he's been that team yeah. for a while, but yeah, I don't know. He does have time on his side, but yeah, it's it's not looking great. Let's just say that. Yeah. All right. Phoenix got a few players here. Um, <laughs> we got <laughs> we got Jake's boy. <laughs> Start with Alex Paulson. Um, mm, I'm see. I might I might be zagging a little bit with Alex here, but Jake, what about you? For me, right now he's ready. He's ready. I, really? I'm, and and I think yes. Okay, wow. okay. People are gonna say, oh, he's young. You know, he's he's, he's his first season. I think people forget before he was playing with the Phoenix, he was playing professionally in the yes, you can say amateur yada yada. But he was playing professionally in New Zealand in their top flight, and he was the goalkeeper of the season there. You know, nuts is as a 17 year old goalkeeper. He has experience playing at this at the professional level at you know against, against with men people. with men yeah uh, grown yeah with men yeah and and I think he's proven consistently you know he doesn't have the size I think we've you know gone over a hundred times because you know why not because he's just the goat um he doesn't have the <laughs> size but he you know he makes up for it in just his timing and the way he just gets up there he's got a good leap on him his distribution's great his shots up like what what is there not to like I'd say recently um. Yeah, you know, they've been a little bit more leaky, but I, I personally would not blame that on Alex Paulson at all. I just think it's almost like, yeah, Wellington have just at times given up more chances. And at the end of the day, he's human. He's not he's not gone. Did you did you, you propose know? to uh, Alex Paulson recently? Is that what happened? Or Well, I don't I, I don't know. But maybe maybe he, he just sort of got a bit too confident from all the praise I'm giving him. I don't know. But so, so Alex, Alex Paulson, Paulson Alex yeah. Paulson to you I, is I, like I, Josh I, Nisbet I, to me. It's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just and, Ma- and Macklin free so to Jack. I just, anyway. all I wish he was Australian. <laughs> I just wish he was Australian so I could really love him. But the New Zealanders, they're, they're going to absolutely love him. Um, I, I'd give him at least till the end of the season, just to yeah, sort of you know, full season of professional football or early football least. And then yeah, you know, I don't know where exactly would best suit him. Obviously, he's a goalkeeper. You know, maybe Denmark or something like that. I don't know. I feel like you know his his name at least suits suits uh that league. You know, you <laughs> just like went straight to Denmark because of Paulson, the name. Yeah, it, it just yeah. I, I thought of Jakob Paulson who played for Victory, so he was he's Danish. So I'm like, yep, yeah, just go there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I really like Alex Paulson. I think uh, yeah, I think he, I think he's the front runner for goalkeeper of the season right now. So yeah, I put him I put him one year away because I'm sticking to the keeper rule. So of like you know. 
he's probably pretty young for a but, keeper. But we said Joe Gauchy was ready, though. No, Jack didn't. I said he was. Uh, no, no, no. I'm saying you. I'm saying you. I'm saying you. What do you mean? Because, oh, because I said. Oh, because I said Joe's said Joe ready, Gatti and ready. but I think that's more of a leadership thing where I think like Joe is like a real leader. Like I think, I think it's like so. You have to ask. It's more of like an Adelaide fans thing. Like he, like it feels like Eugene Galekovic is in goal. Like that's kind of what I mean. Like with Gauchi. Whereas I don't. I'm not saying like Wellington. That that team kind of leads itself. If you know what I mean. Like it's not like it's Alex Paulson who's like the leader in terms of voice and things like that. It's more that he's this kind I've of crown jewel. I, I I don't know if you heard one game, but but you hear it consistently. Right at the end of games, when they're sort of holding on for, I think, especially in the victory. Yeah, game, but that's like, yeah, you know, I know what you mean, like when they're celebrating clearances and shit. But it's like, yeah, yeah, no, but I, I, no, but that's impressive for me. I don't know. I feel like a young okay. goalkeeper that's not confident. I don't think they do that, but I think he's a very confident player. I don't know. I, I think he believes in himself a lot. Maybe too much. I will, I will say, I will, I will say this is that Paulson's better with the ball at his feet than Gauchi. That's for sure. I, I've always maintained that. So, hundred percent. I think yeah. that'll also help him too. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jack, did you give your pulse and thoughts? Yeah, he's ready. Mm, okay, you're there too. He's ready. Um, like, and, and and I know it sounds crazy that I'm saying Macklin Freak and Paulson are more ready than Joe Gauchi. I know that sounds really crazy. No, that's you see, I'm not. No, no, no. I just think that's yeah, ridiculous. The, yeah, it, it, the freak one. I know it sounds bizarre, but like have again, if you got like a fucking Macklin Freak statue outside your house or something, like, <laughs> what's going on? Huh? <laughs> I just stop bringing him back up, all right? I'll be here for <laughs> fucking hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, with Paulson for me, and it's it's. I think that as a player, you could slot into an eleven. I think it's a lot easier. I think Joe Gauchi again. Like I feel like just the set pieces for me. Like I, I just don't feel he commands the box as well as he can and I feel like that he's better developing that skill in Australia whilst I'm not saying Paulson is any better but I feel like the ceiling on his skills in the A-League have and it's that thing again it's just like can they develop more than they already have in the league right they don't necessarily have to be the best keeper in the league to say is have they met their plateau in the Australian A-League and I'm going with Paulson he's met his plateau at Phoenix like he's, he's sort of outgrew Phoenix Wow. So you think he's outgrown a club in one season? That is interesting. Honestly, think that he could move and be like like good in like Asia, maybe a lower tier in Europe. I think Joe Gauchi could be a serviceable keeper in Asia, lower tier in Europe, if not a top tier in Europe. I'm not saying not. I just think that. Yeah, I think Joe Gauchi could actually start for a championship club. I'm that high on him. Yeah. But for me, it's like, I feel like like a a lower tier, like a lower mid table, whatever championship club. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't I don't think Paulson's growing at Phoenix now. I feel like Gauchi can still grow at Adelaide. In fact, if Gauchi leaves, I would be Adelaide. I'd be trying to sign up Alex Paulson straight away because I feel like Paulson could grow at Adelaide weirdly. I don't even as if they're gonna like why on earth would Alex Paulson go to Adelaide? I don't (laughs) know. know. It would be a bizarre. (laughs) Listen, uh, maybe maybe he could be tempted with Henley Beach. Maybe maybe. All right. Um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, that's my summation. I'm sticking with it, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, weird. Alex Paulson to the moon. <laughs> All right. Lucas Kelly healed. I think that's a pretty standard raw, uh, raw, raw for him. Yeah. Just haven't. I mean, he's 
I would, you know what you know what he would be unreal just to see is like a left sided center back. I think that would be like insane, just yeah. like with his physique and stuff. Um, it's interesting. I don't know how much we're going to see from him in an attacking sense as a fullback. That's that's something to be interested in. I think going forward, Finn Sermon's next. Um, another interesting one where I could see like if you tell me that he is kind of a standard A League player, I would agree. But then you could also say that. He's like you could argue that he's like one or two years away. Like I don't know. Like he's I'm 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 saying one year away. You're you okay? You're there because I had yeah. him in one year away, but I was kind of like eh, as we were kind of going through this, I was like I think he's probably more could be standard A League player, but like mm-hmm. you know he's he's at the heart of a pretty good defensive unit. Like you know he must be doing something right. You know so. Yeah, that's that's. I feel I feel like it's hard because he's played enough games that you can't consider him raw, right? I feel like well, he's no, no, I wouldn't say raw. I not say no, raw. but that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I I don't I can't really put my finger on one year away, but like it, honestly, like it wouldn't surprise. It, it's sort of the Kolakowski thing. Like I honestly don't know. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me if he pushed on to greater and bigger things. Mm. It also wouldn't surprise me if he stayed in the A League for the rest of his career. I think. I think Wellington deserve a lot of credit with him because it seemed like there was a real clear succession plan for him to like come in this season and he was always going to be starting always next to Scott Wooten and that was how they're going to roll. Um, and I mean, for them to hit on him and Paulson kind of in one season and just get that so right, I mean, that's very vindicating for them big time. So uh, yeah, he's an interesting one. Definitely one to keep an eye on. Okay, Ben Old's next, who... Again, you asked me this as a start of the season. Ben Old's probably in the raw section. And you could still say he is. But, I mean, this guy, yeah, he's a bit of a game changer for them. And he's a really clever kind of midfielder. And you could argue that he's one or two years away. Like, if he gets if he gets games, that's the big, that's the big caveat with him. Like, he's got to get starts. And if he does, like, he... He could be a Sarpreet Singh type kind of maestro for them as as a number ten. Like I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rule that out. He's a very very creative player, and they don't they like that in their midfield. So you know they kind of need it in certain games as well. Jake, yeah, I'm saying at the very least one year away. I even think if he continues on what he's doing, I think there's a slight chance in the season someone poaches him and like Ooh. gets in really early with him because I really really like what I see with him. In the past, I thought he was a good player. I thought he had potential, but I don't know. There's something about like the way, yeah, it's it's all very Josh Nisbet-esque, the way he pushes the ball forward and no one can just get the ball off him. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I really like the way he sort of fit into the defensive sort of system they've played. He has sort of a left-sided number eight at times. And yeah, he's suited well because yeah, I thought he was more of a winger slash number 10, but he can even play a little bit deeper in midfield and do a good job too. He works hard. I really, really, really like uh, Ben Old, and yeah, he's surprised me so much. So yeah, I'd, I would say one year, as in that'd probably be best for him, but I can absolutely see a team picking him up. Jack? Yeah, one year. I give him a year. Just another season, get mm. some more minutes under his belt as a starter, and as someone who can see out 80, 90 minutes per game, that's what I want to say from him. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Has he got the conditioning as well? That's always yeah. a big question. Okay. Muhammad Al-Tay, who actually qualifies for this group, and I don't know. People, you know, feels like he's been around for ages. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a, it's a strange one, but like you could say, okay, standard A-League player, like, you know, 
what does he really offer that's kind of exciting and stuff. But then it's like, you know, he's been a pretty important part of a team which is top of the league right now. Like, you know, someone those, could... Those 60 to 65-minute shifts he puts in are important. That's what I mean, but like some, you could see a team overseas maybe talking themselves into maybe a club in England or something, saying like you know he's got this hardworking tenacity and he's still a little bit younger and he's not the worst player on the ball. Like let's take a flyer on him, possibly. But I know he's not the sexiest player in the world, so obviously, like <laughs> you know, when you look at like Mohamed Al you just go, ah, oh, yeah, okay, like you know, whatever. But you know, he's been pretty important to that team all season, so I. Where did I put him? I don't know. <laughs> See, I, I, I just I, I didn't think he was like a standard A league player. I put him in the one year away, but I just think that's ridiculous. Like I don't know. Wow. But like not not one not yeah. really one year away. Like more kind of like I don't know. I don't know. He's a hard one. Yeah, for, 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 for me, I think he's the epitome of a solid A league player. Just a solid A league midfielder, box uh, sort of ball winning midfielder, hard working, gets in there. Completing a solid shift will start you every game of the season and do good for you. I don't know. I just think you'll be that type of player, you know? I I, yeah. I, I don't see him taking that next step. I don't know. I haven't personally seen that in his game yet, but he's done very well for the Phoenix and yeah, I like him. But well, Jack- yeah, I don't I don't see the next step. Yeah, okay. Well, Jack, you've seen him now at two clubs. So what what are your thoughts on on Muhammad? Just for the fact he took FPF worldwide. Let's say Mr. Worldwide go worldwide. One new baby. He's the I mean, one who coined he, the people. When did he take man. us worldwide? What? He's the uh, people. Oh, was he the? Oh, oh <laughs> he has that dog in him. Remember? Jesus Christ! He got <laughs> that dog. True. He does definitely has that dog in him. He does He's have that dog right. in him. Anyway, Jack, you were saying. Spicy player. <laughs> Jack, you were saying. Yeah, I was saying just like just for the sheer fact for the memes. I just like the same guy overseas. <laughs> just for my personal enjoyment. Um, no. No footballing opinion here, just because it would make me very happy and it would make my day. <laughs> All right. We've got two clubs left. Let's get through this. Wanderers starting off with Aiden Simmons. Jake is like a massive Aiden Simmons fan. I know oh, that. Yes. But I put him in the raw section because... <laughs> I put him raw as well. I put him in the raw <laughs> section. I think he needs... Sorry, man. I think he needs more offensive output for me to kind of take him... What? As legit, I don't. I can't believe it. Nah, that's where he's good. That's like his best part of his game. Yeah, but I don't know. End product. I mean, end product. He's great. He's no, as... Are you expecting goals from a right back? No, no, no. Like a few more assists, what? things like that. Like you know, you got to be. Yeah, but you could say the same for like Lucas Moragas, for example. I think he's great going forward, but he doesn't pick up a lot of assists. For example, it's like I don't know. I feel like it's. Oh, like yeah, you really, okay, I don't look, know. If, is Aiden Simmons very, as good as Lucas Moragas going forward? I don't. Yeah, yeah, I personally think so. Yes, on the dribble, I, I like how I, I, I think the Wanderers, the Wanderers, yeah, or is in okay different type of dribblers. I, I'd say Moragas is better as an overlapping fullback. That's he's very uh-huh. very good at that. But I'd say Aiden Simmons is very very good when he inverts. He reminds me a lot of as as his beige. You say when he inverts, he, yeah, but it's interesting you say that because yeah, see, I would agree with you. But then, like fucking on Saturday against Perth, like the Wanderers. They kind of went away from that in the second half, yeah, and I yeah. didn't really understand what shape they were trying to play. And it's like maybe invert this guy a bit more so I can see kind of what he can do a little bit more in possession. So yeah, you, but I don't know. You seem you seem wildly too high on him. Um, you got to tone I, down. I, 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 think. I, I think 
Yeah, mm-hmm. like again, I, I see a lot of Aziz Bajim, which I I just love that in a fullback. I think Jack said that before too. In terms of yeah, just that ability. He's not the biggest. What's with this? Ba- what's with this like Bage fan club that I'm entering as well? Like, well, yeah, Bage is a really solid player. He's just a really good fullback, but he's yeah, he's not the biggest. He's a good solid defender. Um, yeah, considering he's you know he was a winger, you know he's sort of converted his role and picked up really quickly. And uh, I, th- I think Ruben was saying sort of how happy he's been in terms of his development as a defender too. And going forward, he's uh, very good. At, he's sort of mazy runs in the midfield. He's uh, very nippy, quite quick too. I don't know. I just he's got a lot to his game to like. He has that sort of modern fullback you know in him. And yeah, I, I really think very soon he can be a contender for the Socceroos. Personally, I, whoa, I probably put him whoa. Up. what Jesus the fuck? It's getting too right late. Now, it's getting too you know? late, and he's just getting wild. No, 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 no. I'm no. I've always had this belief. Okay, and I would also probably <laughs> clip say it. He, clip he's, it. He's, clip like, it. He's, like, he's like the Mbappe. I'll be there no matter what meme. <laughs> okay, okay. Would you at least say he's top five right backs in A League right now? What? Well, that's that's a that's a that's I don't have the, I don't have all the right backs in front of me. That's that's and I'm, it's Josh too late Wisden, for me to think. Like he would have had him, no, not anymore. Harvey Lopez, like he's not even playing anymore. Bovelina, he's young. Like who? Don't know who. Like honestly, like I, I personally would even arguably have him one or two, but I would just said top five be simple. You know what I mean, but like who's better than him right now? Uh, Jack Hingott. No, no, oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> Jack Hingott, decent player, but not better. So yeah, there we okay. go. Disprove him. It sounds crazy, but, but to be fair, the right backs in the league at the moment are, I was looking at it before, I was sort of um, having a look at all the right backs and I'm like, wow, it's just not great at the moment, but he's yeah. probably been one of the best ones, which is kind of nuts. Actually, no, yeah, you forgot about Josh Risden. No, I can't even say that as a joke. <laughs> okay. Uh, a season two ago, yes. No, don't even, don't, don't even mention that guy. Um, <laughs> the biggest, biggest Josh Risden hater here. <laughs> I'm a massive Josh Tristan hater, but it's fucking valid. Um, the uh, Jack, any thoughts on Aiden Simmons? Any any uh, pushback on that fucking ridiculous Socceroos? I don't know. Like I could, I can understand it, but it just seemed a little bit wild. I said a couple seasons, not right now. A couple seasons. <laughs> yep. About that, he's raw, and then we move on, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's raw. Oh, okay. Uh, Alex Bonatig. I had in the raw section too. Yeah, raw. I, I, I get. I must be high on their defenders. I, I'm saying I, I wouldn't say one Bro. season away. I think that's a little bit too, too what much right fuck? now. Come on, man! How good he has been at the back. Are you seeing like he is cemented? He has been good. He there's has a, been good. There's a like better defender games. next on the list than him, bro. Not next. Who? Who? I would say Priestman is better. Like short He's not a defender. He's a defender. <laughs> Defensive midfielder. Bro, bro, it's getting it's getting, it's getting too, late. too late. It's getting too late. We need to we need to move through Anyways, this. Great ball playing centre back has good size to him too. I think he will put on more strength too. I think if he can keep that starting centre back role for them for another season, I don't see why not. I don't know. Le- and also left sided too, which is very underrated too. I think people forget how big that is in this modern game. Having that left side of play that's comfortable there too. Mm-hmm. I'm big on him. Keep an eye. Jeez. Fuck, I better pay more attention to Aiden Simmons and Alex Bonatig over the next few weeks if fucking uh, Jake's this high uh, on him. I've been saying this for a while. Well, Western Sydney are somehow becoming like a hotbed for like young talent. It's kind of nuts. Like they've actually got a lot of really good young players here. Well, yeah, because like they've got seven that we're talking about here. So, okay, next, exactly. Oscar, Oscar Priestman. Um, I still put in the Apparently raw section, but he's been excellent of late. I, I think he's been really good. Yeah, um, raw, raw, yeah. but but raw for me, Jack. Uh, Jack? 
Um, yeah, raw. I think all these players are raw, but yeah, what I meant to say is like, like some of the defensive output I've seen from Priestman, like that, that's just sort of been impressive. But for me, like when I was talking about Bonatig, like they oh, all yeah. seem on the same level. I think that's what I, point I was trying to get across, but it's late and I said defender accidentally. I mean, like the output. Mm. It's fucking midnight, bro. It sucks. Bro, man. Every, <laughs> but, every time it, Jack comes on the podcast, it's just like extended into like way too late areas. I'm not even trying to. Sorry, Jack. Okay. It's all um, right. Dylan Perez, standard A-League player, like really. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Too inconsistent to really be anything else. I'll just move along. Move along. Yeah. Okay. Lockie Brook. I put in the one year away, but probably in the caveat of stay fit and stop mm-hmm. getting injured. Mm-hmm. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I put him in raw because he's he's not even starting right now. It's like, yeah, but he was at the start of the season. That's I mean, and he has been in Europe. He has been to Europe, and he wasn't too bad in England. He wasn't awful. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. I think he's got a lot of potential. Let's just say that for sure. Yeah, just, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Milanovic. Jake? One more year. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I like yeah. him. I'll put him one more year. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. One more year. I like yeah, him. Yeah, I, I like honestly, him Honestly, I have to say, I've been surprised at like how good he's actually become. Like, I, I was not expecting that. And maybe maybe Western United weren't expecting that when they did that swap deal, which, by the way, fucking awful swap deal. Like, Milanovic for Nazarene? Like, seriously? Like, Jesus Christ. How bad is that agent? I, I think for me, it's been interesting as I probably pictured him more as a number 10 slash even like a second striker. That's That was his position yeah, said, yeah. Western United. Um, and yeah, sort of like uh, his late runs of the box. I, I think I said in the other podcast, like Thomas Muller was my comparison there in terms of that sort of realm deuter. Jesus Christ. You really are the Cody positivity merchant when it comes no, to... No, 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 actually, I actually like the tactical assessment there. I like I like the tactical yeah. part of it. I don't know if he has a ceiling. Yeah, but, yeah, but Rudin's kind of... No, 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 you I, have again, to give Rudin some props. He's kind of reinvented like, him as this kind of left-sided threat, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, he's played as a left winger this season, being, I think, one of the best creators in the league, which is really surprising. I didn't know he was that good at that sort of aspect to his game. I thought he was maybe more of an off-ball type of player, but on the ball too, really good dribbler too. He's like six foot two, but so silky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's got got size too. Yeah, big time. Okay. So... Yeah, he surprised me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'd say one more year, and yeah, yeah, he'll probably be off. Yeah, so you've all got him in the one more year. Cool. Uh, Alex Battle, Alex Battleotto, uh, who Very had a superb player. assist against Melbourne City a couple of weeks back. Uh, lovely little reverse ball to set up uh, Dylan Perez. Um, has kind of come into the fold recently. Uh, still raw for me for sure. Still too early to raw, definitely. Yeah, yeah raw. Yeah, so no real. Um, yeah debate there but yeah a guy who's kind of come out of nowhere and uh definitely want to keep an eye on the rest of the season okay some interesting ones here actually western united to finish off two players angus thurgate actually qualifies for this group mm. and um <laughs> yeah i think standard a-league player he's become because he's been fucking dreadful since he moved to western united and he's kind of just and i know he's not real i don't think he's playing his best position i, w- I will say that but he just hasn't really done anything he hasn't kicked on from you know the the whole port, port macquarie pele sort of 
uh, tag that 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 he had for so many years, right? Played his right position. He needs to be further up the pitch. Hundred percent. Like the Jets misused him, but they made him into uh, a competent A League box to box midfielder in the process. Like it's really weird how. Like he's an attacker. I I, I don't know. We're still using him as a six. I just can't believe it. It's like, yeah, what's six, going on? Six is ridiculous. Eight is slightly better, but like at it. And the reason why he's labelled the Port Macquarie Pele is he's late running into the box. His positional awareness as an attacker. Like if you saw the goals he did score for the Jets, mm. like those late runs. That's an attacker's poaching like late run, and he's never been put up there. And honestly, like I feel for the guy. Because he's worked so hard. He's worked his ass off, right, to be able to be a competent A-League midfielder when he's really in, like, a centre-forward shadow striker, even a poacher. Like, that that's how he played when he was a youth, like, in the youth ranks. He scored buckets of goals in the youth ranks, right? And that's why he was labelled the Port Macquarie Pele. Like, that's how good he was. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, these words sound really cool together. He was fucking awesome. And I'm sorry for <laughs> that. A lot of people don't... But, like, yeah, this a lot really of people wouldn't know up. like that Andy background Harper. about him. Yeah, every time yeah. Andy Harper I, I commentates a game, really every single that. time says, "Why is he playing as a six? Why is he playing as an eight? He's an attacker. Get him further mm. up the pitch. Mm. Like that's where yeah. he's good." It's a strange. It's just a strange signing too. Like he'll be he'll be a bang average stock standard A League player if they keep playing him in the midfield. If he play him an attacker, watch what happens. Trust well, me. Well, mate, it, further up the pitch. Watch it what looks happens. like. <laughs> It looks like John Aloisi is 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 you know sealed his fate. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. No, look, I agree. I look, I was probably harsh before. Um, it's probably not all hit on him, but yeah. And then you're playing next to Steve Lustiger, who's you know basically like a corpse at this point. Um, and like, oh, come on, he's been awful. He's been awful this season. Um, and <laughs> what's that? I'm agreeing with you. It's just funny. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, but like, I know, for example, just one thing on this, their system against MacArthur, like Grimaldi kind of played more as a left side of 10 and Pena was the right side of 10. Like, could Thurgate play that role? Yeah, probably. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's an interesting one. Maybe one that should be posed to uh, John Aloisi in a press conference, potentially. Um, Jake, maybe you could do that for us. Um, okay. Final player is Noah Bottich, who Matt Olsen is going to not be happy with this because he's going to come in with the uh, under-17 World Cup and all this sort of stuff. I have to put Noah Bottich in the raw section. Like, I can't... There's no way you can say Noah Bottich is a year away from a European move. Like, he's just... It's just fizzling out this last kind of... This season, really. You know? Is anyone... Yeah, I agree. I, I, I too. We, we, it felt almost wrong as, you know, last season it was like, oh, wow, you know, he's here, he's going to be the starting striker. Mm. And it's just kind of completely regressed. He just, like, looks, I don't know, the shell of himself. Just kind of crazy for you know, someone that's, you know, only in their early 20s. But, mm. yeah, um, yeah, it's it's very hard to say, yeah, we'll give him one more season and he'll be there because, you know, he doesn't look like he'll get there at this point at least. But, uh, but again, you have to at least have him in raw because the potential's there. Like, it's so clear to see. You know, like for you know for the underages and also the last season itself. So, yeah, I think it's just, no body. Just give him some time. 
you know, I, I personally think a yeah, sort of similar to Tom Waddingham, I think a, a spell on the bench, maybe, you know, give them some time to sort of, I don't know, maybe earn their way back into the team rather than just sort of forcing yeah. them out there yeah. when they're not playing well. I just don't think that's helpful. I think, yeah, make them earn it. Um, yeah, and, and then it gives you very, time very to play Angus Thurgate as a striker. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if, I'll tell you right now. If John Aloisi plays Angus Thurgate as a striker at all this season, like I will shave my eyebrows off out of like shock. Yeah, yeah I'll get it. Cool. I'll get. I'll get our uh, Macklin Freak tattooed on my forehead. If that happens, I think you're gonna do that anyway. By the way, you're fucking talking about. Him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. It's Jesus Christ. It's 11:33 where I am. It's 12:03 on a Tuesday morning, bright and early where you are. And we yep. all have shit probably to do tomorrow that isn't MPF related. Okay, let's yep. wrap it up. Uh, 57 players ranked. Wow. That was uh, good. Good discussions too. Well done, guys. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that listing. Um, and yeah, let us know any segment ideas you have because I'm really keen on doing something similar. Like, do you guys enjoy that? Yeah, yeah, it was good. I went for so long. <laughs> yeah, it just went for so long. I probably underestimated how long fucking fifty-seven players would take to fucking group. No, no, but the thing is, like, 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 I feel like this time it was more thing like we lost track of time. If that makes any sense, compared to the last time where it just felt like, oh my god, this is just this is never gonna end. Just unhinged Jack talking gibberish. Um, <laughs> as per usual. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Uh, um, nah, but uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, okay, what do we got? We it's it's four or five where you are, which means it's it's Socceroos Uzbekistan Day. Okay, cool. Uh, so looking forward to that. Are the Jets playing tonight? Yeah, yeah. tonight. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, something to maybe look forward to. Um, maybe. Uh, okay. This has been another episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. Make sure you check us out on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Threads, uh, what else? Oh, follow us here on Spotify, of course. Leave us some feedback. Like I said, segments. Let us know. We will do them. Just let us know. Um, and yeah, that's it. Jake, any any closing remarks? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I love Alex Paulson. There you go. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Alex Pulse, Aiden Simmons in the moon. Jack. All the freaks out there, we love you. Uh, and uh, yeah, my closing remark would be um, Josh Nisbet and Angel Torres. I love you both. Um, I'll be buying more stock in the coming week, and I uh, look forward to watching you in your in your next outing. Just that—that's really it. Okay, that's been another episode of the FPF podcast. I'm your host, Christian Marchetti. Until next time. It's bye for now.